too. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Who wants to have some fun? I'm all about having fun. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, boy, is this great. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our files. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Please have a party. Feed us drinks. Get us laid. Wait a minute. There's no birthday party for you here. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants and find a little weirdo I have to dance twice? Those sad tissues or happy tissues? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? No sports, no rock, no information. For mindless chatter, we're your station. Cowboy. The Mike Rutherford Show. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm going head out west Where real women come equipped with scripts And find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint Oh, Buy a yes. Happy Friday to you. Welcome to the Mike Rutherford Show. It's Friday, March 24th. We're coming to you as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. On the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the Western Hemisphere. You know it's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey on a lovely, well, not lovely, but warm Friday. Warmer. The temperature feels good. It's been kind of a nasty night, nasty morning, nasty early afternoon with the rain and the clouds. But it's going to be a nice weekend. We're excited about that. We're ready for the weekend. We're raring to go. We got Sweet 16 action kicking into high gear. We got the cards playing tonight, late night in Seattle against Ole Miss. It's all happening. Trevor Kelsey, how are you, my friend? Doing good. Good night of basketball last night. Great night of basketball. Good night of basketball. Today's a little drizzly, as you said, but it, I think it's almost borderline short weather. Like, okay. I could have thrown some shorts and been okay today. I could have, too. I almost, I almost did, but I thought, you know what? Maybe, I went against it, yeah. Yeah, I, I did go short sleeve, though, and you went the, the thin long sleeve. Going national champions, yeah. 2013. We're went, coming up on the anniversary. We're both going old school. You went old school national champions. I went old school Randall Cunningham. Same thing. Rocket man. Yeah. Same thing. So, uh, but so yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good day. It is a good day. Yes, it is. It is. Last night was a fantastic night for hoops. We're going to get into all that. Tonight, hopefully, we'll be just as good. Unless you gambled on them like I did. Yeah, I, I went fifty fifty. Now the only good thing, the only thing that saved you. So at the end of the show, we made our picks, and you were very confident. You were so confident you were going to drive across the bridge and wager. And you texted me. I got, yes. I got home. I was walking the dog before the game, and you texted. And you're like, by the time like, when I left here, Kansas State was getting one and a half. And when I, by the time I got to, to across the bridge, they were giving one and a half. And so as that by game tip off, they were minus two and a half. Oh, really? It went up a point in like 10 minutes. As that game was coming down to the wire, I was like, there was a moment where I think it was 72-70 and Michigan State was shooting a free throw to go down one. And I was like, oh my God, they're only going to win by one. And Trevor's going to lose this bet because of the I timing know. that he got across the bridge. But you got that one. You ended up, you yeah, know, overtime I, I, saved you. Weirdly, the only two I won were the, the two best games of the night, the first and last game, which are the only, uh, Tennessee finally, after two games, did the, the Tennessee thing that they we all knew they were going to do at one some point. They barnsed it. Of course, the, they, they wait till I bet on them to, to, to do it. Then they, then they did the, the Tennessee thing. And then uh, Arkansas, well, I guess 
underestimated Musselman's uh, pre pre party in Vegas. Guess he was just a little too uh, too 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 hired, type, typed up for the game. You knew right when it was Vegas that it was just not going to go well for a four. I thought maybe at least I'd get one good game and then he'd celebrate. No, no, I know. Yeah, no. The celebration lasted too long after Sunday. But so, also UConn is a GD machine. I mean, they are steamrolling. I mean, came teams. out there and punched him in the mouth and then just never looked back. I've never felt more confident about a national title pick through like three rounds, which definitely means they're going to lose to Gonzaga on Saturday. They shouldn't I mean, though. Crazy. They've looked. They've looked much much better. It's gonna be very confusing. They look dead alike. The uniforms are similar. The, the, uniform, the color scheme's the same. The yeah, uniforms are almost the same. That's why they make them go home and away. That's why one of them has to go with the the dark. You know, it's weird thing is these are the same two teams that played in 1999. In which it would, they were playing for their first Final Four. Then UConn That's had right. yet to get over that hump. Gonzaga's first run. It was Gonzaga's first run with uh, Don Munson and that crew. And I'm trying to remember who the guard was. It wasn't Step. It was the guy before him. I can't remember. He was six three and white. I know that. It wasn't Dan Dickow? No, it wasn't Dan Dickow. I don't think he was Dickow either. I don't. I they had that great run where it was like a different, like little white guard for like 17 straight. And then years. they had the, the Rodney Truff guy mixed in with them as well. He was when they brought him in from France. Um, he no, played Turioff, you mean? Turioff, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was way later. Well, that, he was like he was with Blake Stepp. He was Matt with, Santangelo and Richie Fromm were Fromm, the, the Gonzaga that was it, Fromm. Yeah. Mark yes. Spink, Casey Calvary. Yeah, that was a good team. Yeah, that was so. But that was beat so, us. It's kind of crazy to hear we are year. now. I mean, you would imagine in 99 when you were talking about a team, you're like, here's a some scrappy UConn team versus a, I mean, scrappy Gonzaga team versus a UConn team that, oh, Jim Calhoun can't get over the hump. He doesn't know how to do it. He's the final. He can't make it to the final four. And now, 23 years later, these two programs in just the, the wild ride they've had. UConn's now won, what, three titles since then? Four. Four. Gonzaga has been at least one Final Four. And two been, national title games. Yeah. So, I mean, it's insane. Now, here we are, 24 years later, meeting again. It's wild, too. I mean, we talked about this on the show. I feel like I've written about it every year for the last 12 years. In college basketball, the narratives are just, they're all-encompassing. And then when they flip, they flip completely. Like, you know, it's every major coach that's, like, has been one of the greatest coaches of our lifetime. It seems like they've all been in this position where they can't win the big one. Rick Pitino can't get over the hump. Yeah. Coach K can't get over the hump. Roy Williams can't get over the hump. And then when they do, it's, it's like the snap of a finger. They immediately go from, yeah, he's great, but he's never going to win at all because he just chokes or his style or whatever to like, he's the best thing in the entire world. Jay Wright, same exact way. Jay I mean, Wright, Jam Calhoun. Jay Wright's okay. become the Urban Meyer of college basketball where every team with a vacancy or every team that is upset with their coach wants Jay Wright to come in. It was just like seven years ago at this time where it was like they're March chokers. Like they were, they got the Gonzaga treatment. The treatment that Gonzaga gets now, Villanova was getting then. And it was even more like, there was the it was even more warranty because they could never get you know, past the, the second round for so long. Yeah, they, they went to the Final Four in 09, yeah. but that was it. Like they were just, they were perennial underachievers. They did this whole thing and, and then he wins a couple of national titles and everything just flips. I mean, and if Gonzaga did win the national title this year, It'd be the same thing for them. Like all this whole like. Well, they at least got into the final four. A lot of the times, it's, it's yeah, but they the, still get that treatment now. I mean, they, you get it in two different levels. You'll get the final four treatment, you're right, and then you get the national title treatment because Cade was getting the he can get there, but he can't get over, can't get the final barrier, the, the thing with getting the like the right. six straight final fours. Calhoun was like he can't get over the he can't get past the final four. He can't get past the elite eight. And some it's Rick Barnes now. Guys like Cheney, Bar- well, Barnes has been there though. He's been there, but he also has yeah. not been there. He's not been to an elite eight since two thousand. He's been he's been he's been to one final four, but Bar- guys like Barnes and then Bra- which I thought was I was crazy last night. Sorry, oh, I'm I'm reading the but Bray's another one. It's in that kind of atmosphere still. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, I'm reading the 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 AP story on 
Tennessee's loss last night. Like Associated Press, like they're supposed to fact check, and they have this whole thing where it's like, you know, Rick Barnes has been to 27 NCAA tournaments, but just two elite eights and never made the Final Four. And I was like, no. yes, he, I was like, he's he's been to a Final Four, but like that's become. I feel like I see that all the time and hear that all the time. He's been to one. He just hasn't been to an elite eight since 2008. I, mean, I think no, just wrong. three elite eights total. It was almost 20 years ago. It was 03, right? It was 03 or 04. TJ fourteen. They, it 03. Was the year they, it was the year they didn't they play. LSU, was that year LSU made the final? Four 03 two, was Kansas, Syracuse, Marquette, and um, and Texas. Okay, so it was the Marquette year. Yeah. Okay. And then 04 was UConn, Georgia Tech, Duke, and Oklahoma State. I, I remember the teams in that kind of like 03 to 06 area, but they kind of mix. They get they get blended and screwed up in my mind which one's which. It was so. So I think that I mean, yeah, Gonzaga. The whole thing is weird to me that they still get this. Just like I hate them because they they get overhyped every single year. I'm like, well, they've been to sweet six straight sweet sixteens. Like I'm so, the only <laughs> thing they haven't done is win a national title. I mean, they're a three seed. It wasn't like they were the one too. I mean, I know, but just I mean, if you like Twitter search Gonzaga or Google search Gonzaga or do whatever with Gonzaga. You'll have all these people who are just like, I'm so sick of them, like telling me how good they are every year. I'm like, well, they are pretty good. It's only one team wins the national title. Like, <laughs> I think we've kind of forgotten that. And with what happened yesterday with Michigan State losing and a couple of the other teams losing, we now are in a position where if Gonzaga beats Connecticut on Saturday, we're guaranteed to have a first time champion. We'll have a Final Four. We're guaranteed to have a Final Four with no past national champions. UConn's the only team still standing that's won it before, which is kind of wild it's and kind of fun. They are, which I. I'm no. rooting against my own pick now because I, I want I, I want Bizarro champion. I want a weird champion. I want a new champion. I want some new blood in there. I think it would be fun and be good for the sport. As good as this UConn team has been, they've won, they've won four national titles. I'm rooting for a uh, Kansas Kansas State versus um, versus Princeton in the Final Four versus <laughs> beating Princeton, and on the other hand. I don't think that can happen. We'll go Gonzaga versus uh... – uh, guess uh, let's say Houston get there. And they okay. get upset. Let's talk. About- I, mean, I guess when you talk about the uh, can't get over the hump, is that like is is Izzo and Barnes like the Benjamin Button version of that? Exactly. Like they did it early and now they just can't do it again. Well, Izzo's that way certainly for the national title too. Well, yeah, because you know he's been to all these Final Fours since. But, but, but Barnes went to. I mean, he, I wouldn't say this Final Four with Texas was early, but it was. I mean, he had had the little run with Clemson when he went to the Sweet Sixteen. His issue is they're so good every year and they just. They've lost to a lower-seeded team or a worse-seeded team, however you want to phrase it, five straight years, and three of those times it's been a double-digit seed. So, like, last night was kind of a, like, I was like, well, at least it wasn't an 11 or a 10 or a 12. It was okay, a 9. They were roll too. But they just they choke it every single year after having these great regular seasons. And, and yeah, last night I thought was – it was one of the, the more indi- were- indefensible ones because they controlled the pace for the yep. first 30 minutes. They were taking them down in the mud. And then FAU hit a couple of shots, and it was like they just they panicked. And I mean, it's it's not a great secret. Tennessee is a bad offensive team, but when they had to just make any sort of shot to make any sort of run, they had nowhere to go. And no, that, they they mentally collapsed too. I mean, getting the flagrant foul with throwing the elbow. That, yeah, which is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. They're only down four at that point. Yeah, and the Vlasic kid is is kind of a he's kind of a punk anyway. He's that's sort of True, his but... mo. I, I also think I mean you can't just leave out the fact that not having their point guard probably killed them down the stretch a little bit. Ziegler going out. To me, put to bed any shot they had of winning a national title. I think you can say the same thing about UCLA not having uh, Jalen Clark, not having. You know, yeah, but the the one dude is that. Uh, well, Bona didn't even play last night either. No, but the, was, the, the 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 kid that looks like every everything you would think of the picture when you say UCLA player. Uh, what's his name? How's he? Because he pronounces his name it begins with a J. Jaime Hawkes. Hawkes, yeah. Oh, he's like, a beast. I know. That's what I'm saying. You 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 lose what you did with UCLA, but you've got that kid. You you are. 
you have a chance in the tournament. Well, they clearly had a chance, yeah. but I mean, he does look like when you Jaylen think last picture you see a player, does he not look like a little bit? Yeah, I mean, but surfer kind of looking dirt. I, I, don't, I don't think you can just gloss over. Clark is the defensive player of the year nationally. Bona is their best big man. Yeah, I know. And I said on the show yesterday, I was like, I, I texted you last night. I was like, I had said without Bona or with him being limited, Timmy may get 40 and 25 tonight. I thought I was just being like hyperbolic. He goes out and he hits 36 and 13. I mean, he just did whatever he wanted to last night. But let's talk instead well, of just. I'm glad you had found time to, to you know, between your, your making, becoming famous online to, no. to text me. It was so nice of you to find, find, find those just few moments in, 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 your, in your busy schedule. Shoot me a text and be like, hey, how you doing, buddy? I just felt bad that I got retweeted by Patrick Mahomes. I was like, Trevor's going to hate this. It's my first thought. I was like, I, how am I going to face Trevor? Where's, where's Goff at? Why is he not retweeting? Great question. <laughs> where's he on Twitter? It's too Hollywood. Because <laughs> that, that was the first thing that I saw. I didn't even see like the ESPN quoting, which, by the way, they blanked out me using the S word. I was like, come on. Did they really? Yeah, well, they, they do. I think they do that a lot of times. They, yeah, I, I guess they do. But like, I saw it is it. ESPN for, for you know. They use my grab. I was like, like perfectly said. I'm like, well, clearly not perfectly because you <laughs> changed. You, you censored me. Don't censor me. But I saw, I saw the Mahomes retweet before I, I saw that, and I was like, oh. I feel, I feel like I'm. I'm he just re- followed you. You retweeted. I, before yeah, he did. I was, I was one of the early reads because when you write, I was, you started the whole thing. I happened to be on Twitter when, right when you tweeted it out, and I think, you, I think it only had I mean, maybe had like thirty or forty retweets when I retweeted it. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna retweet this. It was right after I did, uh, I think it was right after I liked John Rothstein's uh, Clubber Tang tweet. Oh, he always tweets that. <laughs> How does he? I never had He's got that. little sayings for every coach. Oh, I know he and does. He just, okay. That's, he, after every Kansas State win, he tweets it out. I, I follow, it was new to me, which I liked because I like Clubber Lang. But. I follow Rothstein because he he'll have pertinent information, but I, I do it having to just trudge through all of his self-promotion well, that's crap. Why, that's why I got a like and not a retweet. Mick Cronin. More consistent than a few good men on a rainy Sunday. I mean, after every single like they they will have beaten Washington State you by have two. Him memorized because he's tweets them every single day. He, every single day, he, the does same he have ones like a over folder and over. of them. Like he just goes. To yes, he, he, no, he does. And you know, he texts coaches every single morning. Where like every single coach will text me like, "Hey, it's John. Have a great day. Good luck at your game tonight." And some coaches will send the screenshots of like fifty unresponded to texts from John Rothstein. Like he's a weird, weird dude. I mean, it's. He's trying to be nice, I guess. He's, to, yeah, I mean, he's not. He, I don't think he's a mean person. He's no. just a strange person. He's kind of a nerd. He's definitely. He's he's a he's a basketball robot. I mean, a lot of people like try to claim to be nerds nowadays that aren't, but I think he might might de- definitely fall into that category. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's something. Uh, we're going to give away more Loose City tickets today. By more? the way, we've got not just that. In the first hour here, coming up uh, at about 3.30 when we come back from the first break, we're going to give away two tickets to tomorrow's home opener for Lou City. Uh, so we've given away season tickets the last two days. Today it's going to be two tickets to tomorrow's game. 3 p.m. is the kickoff at Lynn Family Stadium. And then we're also going to, later in the show, tell you what you need to do to get like signed up for Monday's Racing Louisville season ticket giveaway. We're going to have a contest that's going to involve the weekend. Uh, you're going to have to get on, in on the text line. When we tell you what's going on, so in the five o'clock hour, we'll say that. But keep it locked right here. We're gonna have all that going on. But let's instead of just just dancing around here, let's focus specifically on a couple of things from last night. And we'll get to to Louisville, Ole Miss tonight coming up here a little bit later in the show. But last night, we'll start with Kansas State, Michigan State, which I thought I was very excited for Gonzaga, UCLA. Like I think everybody, I thought UConn, Arkansas was going to be way more competitive than it was. And this was a game where I was like, it, it it's gonna be a competitive game. But I don't think it's going to be 
like maybe the most aesthetically pleasing. Noel's so fun to watch, yeah. but like Michigan State's going to. You see, it's Michigan State, right? Like they're, they're yeah. going to slow it down a little bit. Like he's not going to be able to do the types of things that he was able to do in those first two rounds, and could not have been more wrong. Like th- this was, to me, as as exciting as Gonzaga UCLA was down the stretch. This was the game of the tournament. I, I think that it was the game of the tournament by not a wide margin, but solidly because it was just shot making consistently for. 45 minutes, the first overtime game of the tournament. Uh, Michigan State was, I mean, kind of playing out of their minds a little bit. Like, they don't play that well offensively on most nights. They shot better than 50% from three. Kansas State almost shot better than 50% from three. They shot 55% from the field, which Michigan State had only let one opponent shoot 50% or better against them going into last night. And then the Noel stuff. This is... And I know it, it all changes if they lose on Saturday, but this is kind of quickly becoming the Marquise Noel tournament. Like, like this has a very—I'll make the generic comparison that everybody makes when they're doing college basketball stuff like this. This is a kind of Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier type deal where it's like he's just becoming the focal point of the tournament. The guard, the little guy's taking over. He's—he's I mean, he's doing things we've never seen before. He's got 42 assists through three games, which is the most in in. in any player through the Sweet 16 by nine. The The previous record was 33. It was held by one guy from VCU who did it in four games uh, and another guy from uh, – or Ole Watson from UCLA back in 2000 who did it in three games. Or he's got good. He's got 42. Yeah. Set the single – He did lead the lead. Didn't he lead the nation in assists per game, though, I think, going into the tournament? I think you're right. He was up there because he averaged like seven a game. He averaged I mean, a bunch. Like yeah, the, if you're this, averaging this seven, not you're new, in the top two or three. Yeah. But at this level, I mean, he had 19 last night, which was a new NCAA tournament record. He did – well, no, some guy from St. Louis actually averaged 10, so he's probably right okay. with him. Yeah. Well, get out of my face, <laughs> Travis. <laughs> Travis Ford. <laughs> Is he that where he's at still? Yeah. I thought they had fired him by now. No, nah, he's doing a good job. Okay, well, that. I mean. They're always pretty. They're, 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 I think they were the two seed in the They're the number the one, one assist guy, so, I mean, they did, Yeah, that's all you need <laughs> all you to know. keep a multi-million dollar job. Apparently so. <laughs> he did last night one of the – I, and I know this word is overused at this point. It's, it's like an old person word. It, it's moved on. One of the swaggiest things you're ever going to see in the NCAA tournament. That's old person now? It kind of, I mean, it's, if, if it's been used by the youngs for like five years or more, I feel, like it's, I feel like it's done. It's I think old. the fact you called it the young. Well, I'm an old. I'm an old. I'm retired. I'm done. But the, the play, I mean, I'm downstairs sitting with Mary. We've gotten the kids down. Mary's oh, like, love this one. Yeah, Mary's like, I'm going to watch this. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, even she is just like off her seat. It's 92-92 in overtime. Last minute, under a minute to play. Madison Square Garden. This kid's a New York City product. He, to me at least, it looked like it was designed where he's yelling at Jerome Tang and Jerome Tang's kind of yelling back. And then, without hesitation, kind of throws a half-look alley-oop to Keontae Johnson. But the, the guy who we thought died on the court in December of 2020 at Florida, who turned down a $5 million insurance plan from the NCAA to come back and play college basketball again, who bet on himself to get in this position at Kansas State. He's had a really good year. He's had a fantastic yeah, year. Really. Who throws down, I mean, not just like finishes the alley-oop, reverse crams it. Yeah. to put. I mean, just the audacity to do that in that moment. 92-92, you're facing Tom Izzo, the god of March upsets, in OT, in the garden. Game on the line. Like, he threw that pass. Like, And so after the game, it kind of broke my heart where they asked Jerome Tang about it. And he's like, no. He's like, he's like we were it, – it wasn't a, a dummy set. It wasn't a, a fake out. It wasn't anything like that. Like, 
we were just talking. I wanted to run one, one play. He wanted to run another. And then it was a great basketball play. He and Keontae have a great connection. He made the cut. He threw the pass. I'm choosing to not believe that. I think he's underselling. He's too, he's too, he's too, they he's, want to run it again. Yeah, he's. T- <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, you see, it's crazy because we see that in football a lot where the quarterback exactly. will pretend like he's arguing or the running back. We're in the wrong formation. And yeah, what we do, we do it. Yeah. We see it in football all, a lot, especially in the NFL or in college as well. But I mean, yeah, we had not seen the NBA and I'm or in basketball in general. And yeah, I loved it. I mean, it was one of those ones I remember. It's, it's incredible. I mean, how have you how have you not with the and I said this to some of my friends when I was like when Kentucky was playing Kansas State, I texted my buddy. I was like, like trust me, unless you're playing them, Kansas State is fun to watch. They're fun as hell. Like I know if you're if you're a Michigan State or a Kentucky fan or you were a, a Montana State fan, you you didn't enjoy them. But I mean, even he was last night. He was like, my Kentucky fan was texting me back last night. He goes. You're right. When it's not us, when it's, it's not fun. you. Yeah, it's like it's like the you know getting kicked in the balls thing. It's like it's hilarious until it's as you. long as it's not you. So, I mean, and the other thing, real quick, before I love, it. I mean, it's he's doing what I thought Trace Jackson Davis would do at IU this this tournament, be that kind of takeover guy. But he's, I mean, the other thing about that play is when he gets the ball to come down. So Michigan State scores, they tie it up at ninety two, yeah. and he looks up in the crowd and he has a relationship with Isaiah Thomas, a fellow you know small king god. Uh, not the, not the the Pistons one, the one who played at Washington, the little one. And he looks over him, and he didn't know. Big difference. Though. He, he's like Isaiah Thomas. He's like I, I see him over there. You know, I know him a little bit. He's sitting with some guy. His his friend's like a big Michigan State fan, not knowing that that guy is Mateen Cleaves. <laughs> I think he's gotten big too. But yeah, but well, he's yeah, he's he's had a lot of time off. Yeah, but, I know. <laughs> but but he's like I look over at him. He's got he's like he's got this friend, and he's all about Michigan State, and he's been going crazy this whole game. And so I look up in the crowd, and he goes, "Watch this." To them. And so he got he got asked after in the postgame press conference. Like a lot of people were saying before that lob, it, se- it seemed and it sounded like you looked up in the crowd and said, watch this. And he was like, I got to start watching what I say. He's, 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 like, he's like, I'm just giving stuff away. He's, he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I get caught up in the moment and I just say things. Uh, but it was just, it was so cool to see. I'm choosing to believe that they designed that, that it was, it was by design. I know I'm that they say it's it. not, but whatever. It's in my personal book, it's canon. They they did this. They've been saving this play the entire year. They did run a similar lob to beat Kansas. They didn't do the any sort of like dummy action or anything like that. But um, it, it was kind of crazy. It was a weird night for history repeating itself because Gonzaga, their game winning play was first of all they ran the Villanova play and then Strother hit a shot from the exact same spot like two months earlier. Credit to McCrone by no timeouts, one point one second, and they executed the Valpo play to almost perfection. Got a great look. I mean, it, you couldn't have asked for a better look by Tiger right there, who I thought also was going to do a, an Edney to tie the game and over, to go to overtime. Yeah, but, got stripped. But then again, I was hoping kind of thought Noel was going to do the same thing when he got blocked at the end of regulation as well. Yeah, but he finishes. I mean, Noel, would, everybody's talking about the assist numbers, which are astronomical. He Broke also has 20 Mark points. Mark Wade's single-game assist record. He did, from 1987. Indiana. So he has, No, he played for UNLV. He, uh, against Indiana, right? Indiana, there Indiana. You go. It lost, but yeah. He had 20 points last night. He's averaging over 21 points per game in the tournament. He's he's got 42 total assists. He's he makes the game saving, game ending steal with the layup at last night. I mean, he's just like this has become his tournament. And he's it's I know this is he's old school point guard too, and I love it. Like I I mean I get Sportswood watching him play. Like it's because it's I, I don't you don't see we don't see players like this play the point guard level like this. I mean, some of the passes, the bounce pass he made in the lane. For one layup, I want to say, with about two or three minutes left in the game, just through two defenders. I mean, I, I, I just, it, it brings a tear to my eye. He's incredible. It is so much fun to watch. And while I bet Tennessee last night, I'm really more glad they're going to play Fort Atlantic because not that I'm not saying that it's an easier opponent and I picked Kansas State and they're my only Final Four team left alive. 
but because the way Fort Atlantic plays, they're going to allow Noel just to go free. Oh yeah, they will. And it's just going to be. Gonna I mean, it is going to be just. Be, it's going to be so much fun watching those two teams go up and down the court. So much fun. I'm looking forward to that game. I, I mean, Tennessee would have mucked it up, and it could. And he could have still had his game, but it wouldn't have been. I mean, can't. And, and you're right. I mean, I think I, t- I took this last night, and I was somewhat being hyperbolic. But when you think about it in hindsight, that was the game of the tournament. I mean, not yeah, not just because sure. it went to overtime. It was the best game so far. I mean, and I guess you could argue maybe the fairly Dickerson because the 16 does upset a mm, one. No, but, no. And that was a fun game, but th- this one, no. This one was two high-quality high teams. I mean, and it wasn't just down at the end of the game where it was like people talk about the the Falcons and Patriots Super Bowl. Like, such a great Super Bowl. Because it was boring for most of the time because the Falcons were blowing them out. This game was back and forth. I think Kansas State got, went up by eight or nine at one point. No team ever led by more than seven. Yeah, I mean, it was. Oh, is that what it was? It was yeah, seven, which is crazy. I mean, it was back and forth the whole <laughs> second half. It, just a great game, just a fun game to watch. Could wish could have had maybe a few more in this tournament, but it hadn't been a bad tournament. No, it's been a great tournament. No, we just it, this was just gave us that <laughs> cl- no, close to buzzer beater type game, which we still haven't had technically a buzzer beater yet. We haven't, but we've had. I think we've had as many. Game winners in the last five seconds as any tournament in the last decade, which is, hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Speaking of, the other game last night we need to discuss, Gonzaga-UCLA, which these two, all they do is deliver bangers when they play in the tournament. They do. 06, incredible. 21, incredible. Last night, incredible. And it was just a, Gonzaga comes out looking lethargic. It's like, here's the big bad UCLA Bruins from the Power Conference. They got the better athletes. They're going to put the clamps on you a little bit. They lead by 13 at the half. And you're thinking the injuries aren't going to affect them. And then the Zags start playing good defense. Mick Cronin after the game is just, he's complaining incessantly about the whistle. He thinks that they got, they were getting destroyed. Like, I mean, my man was salty as hell after the was, game. Yeah, I didn't watch this press. But conference. they do go, like, whether it was the whistle or just them going cold. I mean, it wasn't all the efficient. They went 11 minutes without making a field goal in the second half. And they were getting some good looks. Campbell, who couldn't be guarded in the first half, couldn't make anything in the second. Hawkes went a little bit cold. Uh, Mari Bailey went a little bit cold. They were getting dominated inside. Timmy just was getting whatever he wanted on offense. And, and it looks like we're going to have a tale of two halves. Gonzaga's going to run away with this. They lead by 10 with just over two minutes to go. And then, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was. I, I thought I was seeing things. I'm like, this is happening again. The 06 end is happening again. Gonzaga completely clamps up. They start missing shots. They stop, start missing free throws. Uh, they, they have a... Just totally uncharacteristic turnover. UCLA ramps up the heat. Hawkins starts taking it to the basket. It's a three-point play. Yeah, with, with little, I mean, I don't know, Gonzaga's like, well, they're acting like they have 10 seconds left in the game instead of a minute and a half. There's like letting him go. Uh, it was just a, it, it was unreal. It was, a, I think, a, was it officially a 10-1 run in, la, in the last four, like 40, in 40 seconds span under a minute? Ends up being a 12-1 was it, one that run. Ended up being okay. Because they, you, the, the, I guess the, the crescendo, the peak moment, Timmy misses two free throws badly. With Gonzaga up, I, I texted. Did you did, when they showed his parents in the crowd after he missed that first one? Papa Timmy's a beast. Like mom is like standing up, going, "It's okay, honey." Dad's looking at him like, "Where's my belt?" We're running in the backyard. Yeah, like I felt like he's. I peed a little bit. I'm he's, like, he's a, he's a scary like, guy. I felt bad for Drew when he said later on that this guy saved my buddy. I don't think he was being joking. I think he's, he's literally my ass was going to be yeah. red back at the team hotel. You have no idea what Dad's over there just like smacking his hand with the belt in the stands. <laughs> he's not as fun as Chet Holmgren's dad, who looked like no, the, the no, biggest, no. weirdest nerd of all time. Yeah, but, but this guy, was he's definitely intimidating. But so, Timmy misses both free throws. Gonzaga leads by two. They let Amari Bailey get a 
who Mari Bailey, who's only playing big time minutes because Jalen Clark's out for the year, he hits a three and, and UCLA's up one, and you're like, my God, it, it happened again. Like this is the total collapse. The only thing that was different this time than it was 17 years ago to the day in this round in this tournament was Gonzaga had a timeout. Because if you remember, like the everyone likes to blame Morrison. Morrison, it really wasn't his fault. He didn't have any of the the, the last minute turnovers. Their big guy gave it away for the the, the go ahead layup for UCLA. And then Derek Rivio, the little point guard, just like gets the ball and just goes down the floor, just like totally frenetic pace, frantic move, loses it, trips over himself. UCLA gets it back. They get fouled again. And then that's the end of the game pretty much. This time they have a timeout. And even though there's 12 seconds left on the clock, few dials up the Villanova play for the Chris Jenkins shot from 2016. Ball handler comes down the floor, little shovel pass to the guy behind him. He runs in front to try to screen the players. And they Wouldn't get the it look more for, be the Watford shot? That came first. It was the same kind of play. Yeah, but that was from the wing. That, that was, That's true. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay. This is the it's the Villanova action. It's from a little bit of a different spot on the floor. This one You're was right. about the same length, but it was more straight on. And they get it to Julian Strother, who hit a shot in almost the exact same spot to beat BYU a couple of months ago. And he, I mean, look, Las Vegas kid. We had the New York kid setting the garden on fire. Las Vegas kid coming back home. He drills the shot. And like, you're, you're right. Tyre Campbell gets a great look to potentially tie it up after they after he gets stripped and they make one or two free throws. He can't hit it. Just unreal finish there. Gonzaga, the the symmetry between these two games, in 06, UCLA was a two seed. Gonzaga was a three seed. In 06, Gonzaga led by 13 at the half and UCLA rallied to win. In this game, UCLA led by 13 at the half and Gonzaga rallied to win. I mean, these two teams, they should have to play in the tournament every single year because every time they do, it's phenomenal theater. I mean, if anything, they should have to play each other every year in the regular season. This is I'd love robbery. to see it. Yeah. yeah. Why not? I mean, it, it makes sense. West Coast, it just, I mean, I would like, they're the two right now, I guess, the two more the, the prominent dom, uh, programs on the West Coast. They're probably the two big with them in Zona. Yeah. The Zona still is Southwest, though, I guess. So, I mean, I guess you consider West Coast. But they still count as West Coast. They're, they're always referred to as the last West Coast, West Coast National Champion. I agree. Champion. Yeah, they're more that than anything else. But, but yeah, I just, I think it, I would like to see it. Yeah. It was a fun game. I mean, I, at least we got two good games. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I don't know if we'll get that tonight, but like right now, my bar said it like one good game and a little will win. Yeah, because nice. I also put some money on the cards tonight too. Minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. All right, way to get there. Not a whole lot. All right, all right. All right. Uh, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're gonna give away two Loose City tickets for tomorrow's game at Lynn Family Stadium. We'll tell you how we're going to do that, and we'll also talk a little Louisville Ole Miss, get you ready for tonight, and take some reactions from you guys. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Download that Refreshing Rewards app. Get yourself an 89-cent, 32-ounce fountain drink from any one of these 76,212 Thornton's locations, and then text us at 502-414-1450. More Mike Weatherford Show on the way after this.
I thought you were just doing all powder songs. Song could be about powder. Eric Musselman. We did say drugs. So. Fake but listen to the lyrics. You don't know. Listen to these, some of these lyrics sound like he's taking drugs involved. Angel of the Snow by Elliot Smith is absolutely about you. you know this is? I don't. I, I, I don't know. I thought this could be his name, Geraldo. Geraldo. He's a kind of a folk singer from Seattle. Okay. So he's got a few songs, but this is one of my. This is one always one of my favorite songs. Welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show. No excuse, that's one to play today. That's fine. Friday edition. I'm good with it. Uh, quick, a couple quick updates. We got Louisville baseball in action in South Bend against Notre Dame, which has kind of become a little bit of a, I don't know, it's like a pseudo rivalry, just because every time we go up there, they seem to do something that pisses everybody off. Remember, they canceled the games because of wind a couple of years ago, uh, because they they never won a series against us. And I know that it was, I, I know it was not well received on the U of L end. I know that there was a thought that like they won that first game. And they just wanted, they got their win over Louisville and they wanted to go home and, and sit on it. But the cards currently, as they kick off the first game of a three game set, they lead two to nothing in the second inning. Ryan Hawks, fourth strikeouts through uh, the first two innings there uh, as the Cardinal baseball team looking for another ACC victory. It's the first road series of the, of the season. So let's hope they can get it done. Were, also, weren't Notre Dame like the num- weren't they like number one we blew them out last year? They were early in the season. Early in the season, yeah, yeah. When we, the people thought we may, may be down, and we went in there, and we and they we ended up being they the really missed. canceled game for a win. I remember that. they did. It was two years ago. They ended up going to the College World Series because they upset Tennessee, the, yes. the number one overall yeah. seed in the Super Regionals. So they ended up having a very good year. But we you know, won the conference like we always do. It's fine. No brag. Uh, but also women's basketball. We've got NCAA tournament action happening right now. Miami, the nine seeds there. Cinderella run is continuing at the moment. They lead four seeded Villanova. 46 to 33 at the halftime. Cavender Twins getting it done. I don't know if there's games going on. I, it would have been nice if it was us, but I guess we'll stay up till 12:30 in the morning. Well, now it would have been nice for us because you would have been like, ah, can't do the show. We're on the game. Well, they would have told us we can't do the show because we had a game. We're not allowed to. We can't. We can't compete. We're partners. Now, see, this is where I was torn now because on one hand, I like having the late game, but on the other hand, it would have been nice to have the day off. It would have. The only thing that sucks too is <laughs> not that there's not to talk about. I mean, if the game tips off, one, I've got to. I'm working the, the men's games, which sucks. I can only halfway pay attention to the, the women's games. True. And then also, because it, it's a it's a tentatively scheduled 10 p.m. tip, and the reality is it's 30 minutes after the first game, which is a 7.30 tip, so it's probably going to be a little bit after 10. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're you're looking at it's 10.30, gonna be like a, yeah. We're wrapping the game up at, like, several minutes after midnight. It's going to be, like, 12.20, 12.15 at the earliest. So it's going to be a late night for all Cardinal fans. But hopefully they can get it done. The spread I saw has gone up from two and a half to three. So um, that's because of me. They, <laughs> maybe some money. They heard is coming in on the. Cards. They got the rumor. I heard the rumors. Oh yeah. By the way, yesterday I drove up to the other studio. Like the, the I, I don't have to drive all the way to the other studio when I make my best. But sometimes I just go in and do it because you know how close the studio is to the exit anyway. When yeah. you go to the bridge, it's very close. It is. So in that park, and you know maybe hit a few heaters while I'm making the bets, change my mind or something. I mean, they had they were having a party back in the back home in the, in the, in the camp yesterday. Oh, they were. There was like four cars parked and like down the, <laughs> coming in and out of the parking lot. Nice people walking in and out. I was thinking maybe I should have just join them. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's go ahead and do this. We got Lucidity tickets to give away. Reminder: We're giving away Lucidity and Racing Lou tickets uh, pretty much every day for the next couple of weeks. If you don't want to rely on us, if you want to buy your own. You can call 502-LUCIDY or visit lucidity.com slash tickets. It's just $17 per ticket for Lucidity. I think it's like $14 per ticket for Racing Lou. It's a fantastic deal. Lynn Family Stadium is a blast. But if you're looking to make it out to the first home game tomorrow and you don't have tickets yet and you want them for free, we got two for you. Uh, they're going to play tomorrow. It's the El Paso Locomotive is in town. I like the name, by the way. 
for a 3 p.m. All I think of whenever I hear El Paso is in No Country for Old Men, the older mom who's like, she's making me move to El Paso, Texas. When she's ratting everything out to the— Do you know how many people I know in El Paso, Texas? This many. (laughs) That's how many. I can't hear El Paso now without thinking about that. But that's who's in town, the El Paso locomotive. Here's the trivia question. We're going to do this. First person to text in the correct answer is 502-414-1450 if you're winning two tickets to tomorrow's match. So Loose City, it's their first home match tomorrow. But they have played two matches prior already. 2-0. It's who we are. It's what we do. It's how we roll. In their most recent match, they took down the Union. I can't remember who they are. Monterey. What, Jimmy Hoffa? The Monterey Bay FC Union. One to nothing. Who scored the goal for Luke City? First person to correctly text in that answer to 502-414-1450. You get two tickets to tomorrow's game. Let's make it happen. All right, we're waiting. Yep, there we go. We already got one. We already, already got a winner. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I'm, I'm, clearly I'm over here on eggshells. Already got a winner. It was Brian Ownby. Brian Ownby isn't had that, the goal. Uh, isn't our man's favorite, kid's favorite player? Who's, who's kid's favorite? Black dudes. Yeah, his, his, his kid's the favorite player. Yeah, <laughs> See, I had, if I'd said that, you wouldn't have known what I'm talking his about. Kid's, his kid's the favorite player. <laughs> he said that this week. So Brian Ombi is is the winner. Uh, we I will hook you up. You're the winner. I'm gonna go ahead and make sure we get this done so I can. Did you get okay with the yesterday's winner? I've sent this the stuff to Susan. Uh, okay, but did he get so he, yesterday's winner gave you the info? Though. I got the info from the last okay. two winners. The person from two days ago says they haven't gotten anything yet. Uh, hopefully, we can get that. We'll get it to you. I just want to make yeah. sure. Yeah, we, we, hey, I just want to make sure we've done our part properly. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get to We should be good to go. Now should we can pass to. the buck. Should be good to go. In the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to tell you how you can get, I guess, enrolled to win tickets for Monday, which is going to be a, a, a season ticket giveaway for Racing Lou. So keep it locked right there. If, you, if you're upset about not getting Lou City tickets, we can hook you up with racing tickets. But you got to listen to the, the, the 5 o'clock hour. Oh, no. What happened? The Ravens just signed Nelson Aguilar. I that's, saw that earlier. That's yeah. not good for that's not good for Lamar Jackson. They hate this man. They hate Lamar. They want him out. They're forcing <laughs> I mean, him out. Why else would you just give him a receiver who can't catch the ball? I mean, don't get me wrong, Nelson. I love you for the he had the he had literally had one good season his entire career and had and had some clutch plays in that postseason in seventeen, but that was it, man. He was a one and done in, in all true sense of the word. Yeah. <laughs> all I can think about is the the clip of the the guy the, catching the babies. I was catching babies, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> Don't get me started there. One of the funniest news clips of all time. It's so great. It's so good. The guys, the guys, even in a heroic moment, still finds a way to throw shade on the light. I was taking a couple of texts here on the on the text line from before we got into the the, the Lucidity trivia. We talked two sixteen games last night. We didn't really mention uh, UConn or Florida Atlantic at length, but I mean UConn, insanely impressive. Florida Atlantic, uh, kind of becoming the new Cinderella. Chance yeah, to go to a Final Four. Here it is. The Port Atlantic, the, the, the UConn game was was over five minutes of the game. It was uh, so obvious. They're just, they're better. Arkansas, like, made, like, this, like, half-assed kind of run. But it was just UConn just kind of taking their own foot off the break and then off the pedal. And then they, they never really made a run. They, they, they had, like, six in a row. They and, never got it closer to 19 after the eight-minute mark of the first half. Well, I didn't say they got close. I just said they scored, like, six in a row. <laughs> and then... And then UConn like hit back to back threes and was like, okay, we're done. Yeah, it was over. It was, yeah, yeah, it was never a game. And the Tennessee one was weird because like the Tennessee game, like I said, it, it felt like they were going to blow them out early. And at the time, it's going on while Tennessee's kind of you know giving that what you think is going to be a blowout. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of flipping through the channels because it's competing with this Arkansas game, which I really don't want to watch anyway. And 
And then finally, when I noticed that, that Atlanta Atlanta came back with like nine or ten minutes left in the second half, I was like, "Crap!" I mean, we got we've got to have a game here. Crap! I'm about to lose my bet. <laughs> yeah, I knew I should have taken FAU. I knew I should have trusted the balls. We also there's like an outside chance. I mentioned that all we're Gonzaga went over UConn away from having a Final Four that has zero teams that have won a national title before. We also have an outside chance of having a Final Four that has no Power Five conference teams, which is kind of crazy. If FAU beats Kansas State, if uh, you know Texas and Alabama get beat, you're going to have – and Miami too, I guess. We could have technically – the Big East is not Power Five, though. It's basically Power Six. Uh, it's not Power Five. We've but the Big East would thump their chest over that because they get sick of the whole Power Five, Power – you know, we don't have football, whatever. It's uh, <laughs> Power Five and one. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it basically – I mean, let's be real. The Big East has been better than us the last few years. Well, yeah. Can we also take a, a chance, a, a real quick moment, to just crap on the Big Ten real quickly? Are, are you good with that? I have no problem with it. So Michigan State gets beat last night. The last of the eight Big Tens. The last of the eight Big Tens, which guarantees which has that 12. <laughs> the, the, uh, the streak of futility when it comes to producing a national champion is going to continue for at least uh, a 24th year. But it's not just the fact that like, they're not winning national titles. The Big Ten, they've had more bids than any conference in each of the last three tournaments, the more, most bids, they've gone 8-8-9 eight, eight, the last three years, 27 total teams. They've had one team in the Elite Eight and no teams in the Final Four over that span. Purdue being the Elite Eight, right? Is that the only one? From, well, yeah, the one that they lost to Virginia, yeah. 29, well, I, I, I said the last three tournaments, so 21, 22, 23. Okay, so that was, that was more than three tournaments ago. Then, right? Yeah, I can't remember. It was somebody in 21 okay. who went to the Elite Eight. Uh, they have not produced a Final Four team. The last two years, they've had 17 teams in the field, no teams in the Elite Eight. It's getting to a point where I like, you can't keep them out because they play so well in November and December in the non-conference. Michigan was the one seed in Michigan, the yeah. There you go. And they were, I think, an 11 when they did it, right? No, they were the one. They got beat by the 11 seed UNLV, UCLA. Oh. That was what it was. They were an 11 last year, and they went to the, the, the round of 30 seed. Because they beat Tennessee two years ago yeah. as an 11. Yeah, the Big Ten's produced some Final Four teams over over this this national title uh, drought, but but not in the last three years. No, the last three years, about. yeah, it's been yeah. So like they, every metric is saying for the last three seasons they've been the best or the second best team in, in college basketball. And I get the committee they you, know, you can't really look at past tournaments as a barometer for where teams should get seated, and you, you know it's it, but it's hard to trust them at this point. It's it's hard to buy into the Big Ten, and this year was a little bit different in that. I think you and I and, and most people listening and most people who follow college basketball were not really in on any of the Big Ten's best teams as, as looking like realistic national title threats. But in the past, that hasn't really been the case. Like They've had teams the last few years. Like Iowa, a couple of years ago, looked like they were firing on all cylinders when they had Luka Garza. I mean, last year they looked good too. They can make a run. They choked in the first weekend both times. Um, there have been some good Purdue teams. You mentioned the Michigan team that was a one seed. Michigan State's had some good teams. And they just fall flat on their face year after year after year. It's getting to the point now where this has become, we talked about narratives just taking hold and becoming bigger than they actually are in college basketball. This is becoming the narrative with the Big East, the, the Big Ten. They're sort of getting this Gonzaga treatment where it's like, talk to me in March because, cool, you're winning a bunch of Battle for Atlantis and Maui Invitational and whatever titles, but you guys can't do anything in the tournament. And it's, well, the it's is, becoming more and more of a thing. The problem is they're, they're constantly always getting so many teams in the tournament. I mean, it's the point where it's like, you know, I mean, you're sending you're sending teams of losing conference records in there. West Virginia didn't really be there in the first place this year. Well, it's Big 12. I, but I'm just saying that. But in the Big Ten, you, you probably see the same thing. We're like, oh, what's the Big Ten? 
They went eight. They went eight and nine, but it's the Big Ten, so let's put them in there as an eighth team in there. I mean, that's I think that's what's the one of the bigger issues is that people have with it is they get so many teams, and yet so many don't go anywhere. Well, none of them are going anywhere. <laughs> in much. this case, this year, no. But like, I mean, last three years. I mean, even in Derek, like I said, I know you're talking about the last three years, but even if you look through this entire drought, I mean, they've had some decent runs since the Michigan State championship year of 2000, but. I mean, they just can't get over that hump. It's a bad look for the entire conference. They've, they've got to get something going on in March because they're becoming known as perennial underachievers. And even Michigan, during the, their runs, that was beeline teams. Yeah. That wasn't your typical Big Ten-style game. No. I, I And I think that's what kills them, is they play a style that's different than the other five major conferences. And and it works through the regular season. It works, through the regu- it works early in the season when you've got polished guys. I mean, Big Ten teams... They do the thing where it's like, you know, we, we get old and we stay old. They've got veteran players. They're typically closer to their ceiling than a lot of these teams from other conferences in November and December, which is why I think they stack up early season wins that help boost their resume. And they just beat each other up for three months during conference play. And then you get to the tournament, and everybody's caught up. Everyone's playing a different style. It's a style that's more conducive to college basketball. And boom, they're getting upset every year. And they also have a bunch of coaches that just don't know how to win. I mean, you just got, I mean, besides Izzo, I guess. And I don't think you, the Big Ten needs to go away from the your more traditional, maybe slow down even big man offenses. But when it comes to tournament, the regular season, like just like in the NBA, the regular season, the playoffs, they're two different styles of basketball, two different worlds. Mm-hmm. And college basketball, it's the same thing. You need it is more opened up. You need more. Guard, you need guard play. You, know, you can have the big man. We saw with with Kansas last year's big man was. I mean, you talk about the MVP should have been the center. You, you gotta have guard play. I mean, no, there's no if and does and if and or, or buts about it. If you don't have guard play, I don't care if you've got the best big man in the country, Zach Eady. You may not even get past the 16th seed, and you didn't. No, it's the guards aren't good enough in the in the, the Big Ten. And no, that's, I, I think that's and some of the, the best guard play they've out. had is when you look at like Michigan, who had Burke and 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 and. Are they damn near winning one national title? Yeah, I mean, you had you know IU and they had their nice little run. I mean, Holes, you can laugh about him, but he's a good college player. I mean, they haven't really had a run. I mean, Oladipo, well, they went to Sweet Sixteen. That's not really yeah. not getting to regional finals. I mean, Ohio State went to Final Fours. You had Conley and up with Odin. Yeah, you had Daquan Cook, who was a wing player guard. Yep. I mean, Michigan State. I mean, God knows the last national champion, Michigan State. That that whole Flint group, it was all guard oriented with Bell, McKe- uh, Cleves, and who was the third one? I'm forgetting. It wasn't Sean Respert on that team, was it? No, God, no. Respert was, was, Respert before was long before that. He'd been yeah. a bust already at that point. Yeah. Respert was the guy I would always say when there was a 6'3 shooting guard that people thought could make the NBA. I'd go, he's going to get Sean Respert. God, I thought he was going to be good. And then, 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 of course, that was all thrown out the poop by, uh, what's his name, at Marquette. Uh, uh, I'm a blank. Mo Pete was the big guy for Michigan State. Dwayne Wade. In 2000, right? Who's that? Mo Pete was their big, the, like the forward on that. Maybe. They had, it was a three-guard rotation of Cleves, Bell, and something else. And I forget the other guys. Charlie Bell. Charlie Bell, yeah. I think they were all at the game last night. Well, Cleves was. <laughs> I mean, so. All right, see a couple texts here before we wrap up the first hour. 502-414-1450. You know to look it up. You go, go ahead, but okay. I'm, I'm going to look this up because you know it's going to annoy me until I do. Is the Thornton's text line. Texas, unpopular opinion, maybe. I appreciate Trevor's hard work, but this may be my least favorite intro. It doesn't flow very well. It could just be me. I do love the cowboy though, but also screw Kid Rock. Well, okay, screw Kid Rock, okay, and uh, but what do you mean it doesn't flow well? Morris Peterson, how do we put the best player on that? Team I just from? said Mo Pete. Oh, I thought you were. Oh, my bad. I didn't even put the two together. I didn't get his nickname. My bad. It's okay. 
Um, and Jason Richardson was a freshman on that team. Uh, what do you mean it doesn't flow well, though? I don't get that. I think, like it has, it. I think it has a nice flow to it. He doesn't like it. Explain your work. Tell me tell me why it doesn't, and then and, and I will I will uh, possibly agree with you. Texter says, is the national conversation around Rick Pitino seem very lazy and incomplete? Even people I respect, like Bamani Jones, seem to have an incomplete picture of the Patino situation. Well, I'm not sure which way you're talking about. I don't because I don't I mean, I don't know what the national conversation is right now. I mean, I'm sure that there are some people being critical. It seems like most people are just talking about him in terms of what he can bring to St. John's. Uh, mostly everything I've seen is people getting on their pedestal saying he's going to be a winner in two or three years. Same. Whatever, yeah. That's mostly I mean, I did a I did a show yesterday from a New York person who just want to talk about Patino and a couple of Sweet 16 stuff. And it was all just like, it, it wasn't any of the past. It wasn't like, hey, you saw the scandals. Is he, has he gone right? It was more like the style. What do you think he's going to do here? What do you think about the press conference? Like mostly nationally I've seen, and I know he did get kind of, he got some hard-hitting questions when he went on SportsCenter from Sage Steele. Like she brought up the, you know, the scandals and you know, have you changed as a person and all this stuff. And he, I think, I think his response was, was good it's kind of what he said all along which is like you know we didn't cheat to win the 2013 title we gained no competitive advantage some things happened that clearly shouldn't have been happening people paid the price for that but you can't vacate a national title that millions of people watch the game all that good stuff like you won the title john beeline said we won the title like everybody knows we won the title you can't take that away TV. it was yeah i mean it was he, he handled it well but besides that i feel like it's been especially with the the clearance from the fbi stuff that the irp gave him it's been mostly just basketball talk. Like, what can he do with Nike? New York basketball is exciting again. Which players does he keep from the roster? Who's he going after now? I mean, they're reaching out to a ton of four- and five-star kids out there in recruiting. He's already making a pretty big splash. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen it. I, I don't follow Bomani Jones, so I, I couldn't tell you. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't someone out there, a talking head, that's going to try to oh, yeah. be negative about it to go for the clickbait or whatever. But. But it's also it's hard to zero in on Patino when like all of these coaches that have had shady stuff happen, whether it's been basketball related or not basketball related, have gotten second chances way sooner than I mean, you get Sean Miller is coaching tonight in the Sweet 16. We know the man was cheating his ass off at Arizona. Yeah, opposed to Patino, who was found innocent of not knowing what was going on. I right. Mean, I mean, and he, you know, he had to go to Greece for a few years. Chris yeah. Beard has a, you know, whatever happened was. Clearly, something happened with him involving a physical act with his fiance. He's on the sidelines for all of what a month and a half before somebody hires him to a multi-million dollar deal at Ole Miss. That wasn't on the. That's a personal. Thing. That's what I said on the court, off the court yeah. stuff. But like, still, like you know, you're. I mean, hell, a lot of stuff that Rick Pitino gets criticized for has nothing to do with basketball. They like to lump the Karen Cipher stuff into it. Like this is, if you're, I think it's harder and harder to be overly critical of Rick when you've got. Will Wade back into coaching. Yeah, Chris I mean, Beard back into coaching. Sean Miller back into coaching. I mean, Miller Miller is a big one, especially being on the fact that he just pretty much point blank was like, we were cheating. Yeah, I mean, Bill like, Self still has his job at Kansas. Like, all these coaches, like, none of them paid the same price that Rick Pitino did. And honestly, if, if we want to paint ourselves as the victim here, no program paid a higher price than we did for no, any no. of this stuff. And I picture Sean Miller like the kid in uh, Super Troopers when in the movie and he runs out. He's like, I love ass. <laughs> Like, I love cheating. It's, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, he's a hell of a coach. I, I think that he's – but he clearly was cheating at Arizona. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was Everybody obvious. knows yeah. it. And he, he he missed all of one year on the sidelines where he got to do podcast work 
and the media coddled him and treated him like a little baby. I'm not saying. And then he got to go back home to Xavier, which is a very good program. I don't don't want people to misconstrue things. I think there's people that attack Sean Miller now. He's got off free. I don't. I'm just saying you can't pick. You can't pick and choose your 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 complaints. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you're going to complain about one, complain about them all. It's harder to be honestly. I'm okay with moving on and not pointing it, not bringing it up. I am too. I'm only bringing this up because people are saying, you know. Focus on Rick. I'm like, it's harder to focus on Rick right now when all these other coaches have had all these things happen and very little has happened to them, right? Unfortunately for Rick, though, despite Sean's success throughout college and his, his notoriety amongst basketball fans and people, Rick Pitino, is, <sighs> he's nowhere near the size of Star for sure. Pitino is. For sure. I mean, not even close. Which is why the FBI targeted him. I, yeah, I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's no, I mean, there's no, yeah. The, 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 when it comes to star level of, being known like to the non-sports fan, you're going to get nine out of ten. Say Rick Pitino, Sean Miller, and they're going to be like, "Who?" The the more that comes out about this FBI investigation, the more you realize it was effed. Like this whole thing is completely oh, effed up. Give it to like, the government. <laughs> they saw it as an easy win, an easy dunk. They had you know they they got one guy into their crosshairs who was just a a shady ass dude who was dumb as hell who managed to fall into their lap. Who before they could even talk to was like. I can get you coaches. I can get you names. Don't don't send me to jail. I can do this. I can do. It. And they were like, you know what? Making a, the FBI needs an easy win right now. If we can make a splash, this guy can bring us coaches. We know everyone knows that cheating is going on in college basketball. We can prove it. People are going to love us for this. And they get involved. And like you saw in the Christian Dawkins documentary, they've got no intention of going after Louisville. They find out that a Louisville coach is meeting with them, and they're like, "Ooh, we can get Rick Pitino." And they focus the entire thing on Rick. this whole thing was done to make a splash. And that's not even taking into account the guy who was the lead investigator who proceeded to gamble away $36,000 of government money and get drunk every day in Las Vegas and compromise the whole— Like, this whole thing was just screwed. It was the dumbest thing of all time. They come out there, they act like they're breaking up the mob, and it was just—it ended up being a big nothing. And it, what, all, what, all it did was screw up. Wasn't it like a big headline, like, NCAA is now ours or something? Like, didn't they We've have, like, got your playbook. But that was— the- <laughs> Can I tell you exactly? I know we have to go to break. That still makes the me moment laugh. when I knew that this was not going. Remember the, the phrase that everybody kept using. That was this is original indictment with Louisville and LSU and Arizona. This is the tip of the iceberg. Like we're gonna bring everybody down. Everybody's trembling right now. The moment that I knew that it was all bull was when they said we're opening up a hotline for all coaches. If you want to rat out on anybody, that, if you want to rat out people that you know are doing bad things, call us. I'm like they've got nothing. Then they, yeah. they, they've got nothing besides. Everything that they just gave us. And they and they threw Miami in there erroneously. Miami got screwed. Like Jim Blair and they got, I'm talking about how mad we should be and how mad Rick should be. If anybody deserves to be pissed off, it's Miami and Larenega. They got completely screwed. Well, if you're Miami though, how many times have you avoided getting them? Yeah, but like all the not the basketball program. Well, that's true. Well, no, even well what didn't did what they, the they got in trouble when the football program skated. Yeah, okay, yeah. But like the FBI basically they they put the superseding indictment out there. They take my they're like, whoops, our bad, Miami's out. And they're like, well, you still screwed us out of like the player that we were going to get went to North Carolina. Like all of our momentum's been hit. It's not exactly the easiest thing in the world to be a powerhouse in Miami basketball. Uh, and Larenega, to his credit, back in the pretty good again. He's he's a hell of a coach. Yes. All right, let's take a break. We'll take some more text. We'll talk some Louisville Ole Miss coming up in hour number two. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. Fourteen fifty is the station. Keep it like right here on the Big X. Turn to me. Oh, if you return to me, I 
song with uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Oh, nice. It's like happened to be like on the stage together, and I was like, it, you can tell it was maybe from like maybe about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Look, They look, you know, obviously older, but the audio, I was like, I don't know if it'll work properly. It'll work as well. And I was like, I'll just go with the the, the the good audio for the song. I remember when when I, I wrote on the website that I was going to law school, I used the line for this song. I was like, because, you know, it's the pretender. He's, yeah. He grew up. He had all these, these ideas. He was going, and then he just becomes this this poor working man going nine to five and just soulless life. And I was like, are you there? Say a prayer. <laughs> pretender. Started out so young and strong. Only to, And look at me now. I'm talking yeah, you, you, talking nonsense on the radio, living the dream with you every you day. Said, you said, you, you told the pretender to, to, to shove it. To shove it. And you, you told that corporate life to, to take it. and You're damn right. Put it somewhere where the sun don't shine. I don't need that seven hundred thousand dollar a year salary <laughs> that I would have never gotten anyway. <laughs> Who needs a new pair of pants? Anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back in second hour here of the Mike Rutherford Show on Friday, March twenty fourth. Happy Friday to you. Hopefully your weekend is off and running and off to a Ooh, great start. No, no, it's fish day for you today, isn't it? It is. No meat. Is that still? Is that still? How, how many more weeks do we have going? Well, Easter is what. Oh, is it Easter? Is that when it two is? Two weeks from this Sunday, I think. Or, or next a week from the I think two weeks from this Sunday. Yeah. Easter. That and Christmas Eve is when the uh the fake the fake church co- goers come out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the trendy church. All day. the stars are out. Yeah. That's we're going on Easter Day. Which if you're like a a week to week church goer, you've got to maybe like almost hate Easter for that reason, right? Yeah. Like, I mean it, You're so torn because you love it because of how much it means to your faith, but on the other hand, it's like, God, I gotta deal with the looky lose and the the, the people it's like the gi- it's like the gym people in, in early January. You know, like, I've been doing this yeah. every year. Like you guys are just showing, <laughs> or it's like when when this time of the year rolls around, especially like the last couple of weeks. People who knew when I used to do the college basketball job, like friends, like at, just coming out of the woodwork, being like, "Can you give me some bracket picks?" <laughs> you like? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this is not an exact science. I'm like, you guys have just as good of a chance. Like. The, uh, when I probably would, yeah i can, can vouch for that yeah. the very first year that i did that full-time that i did the college basketball job we had a bracket contest with like me and some friends and some wives and some girlfriends and i think like all of the women just destroyed me like like the women who like had no idea who just picked based on names and stuff i remember like my friend brooke won and like brooke i don't think she watched a second of college basketball the entire and i'm like yeah i get paid to do this and i'm still not gonna beat you because it's not it's not an exact science like so i can try to tell you what i know but it's not gonna be great just go with your own thoughts Pick by, I mean, Virginia picked Gonzaga to win it all. She could end up being right. She, could, yeah, well, she might have more Final Four teams left than me, right? No, she had Gonzaga, Marquette, Colgate, 
and West Virginia. So, so she, well, it's just a possibility. We're both only got one left. It's basically me versus her. In I've the, got Kansas in the State final. only left. I mean, she's got Gonzaga only left. I've got UConn winning it all. She's got Gonzaga. So it's me versus her tomorrow for the uh, for supremacy. I've still got my other. I still got three Final Four picks alive. Oral Roberts let me down in the first round. <laughs> Damn you, Oral. But I've got Gonzaga, Texas, and Alabama. Or not, not Gonzaga, UConn, Texas, and Alabama. So we'll see. You, you said all along you hated the East. I hate the. I knew it was going to be a weird team. Me was well. K State's kind of weird. K State's yeah. kind of weird. I thought K State was going to get beat uh, by Kentucky. You had no I, faith. I, st- I still. I mean, the K State in in FAU. They're not a team that I would pick to come out of any of the other regions. It just the East was terrible. It was bad. We knew it. Well, K State could come out of the the Alabama region. That one's other than Alabama. That region's pretty cluster anyway. Yeah, but Alabama's good. Alabama's good. But K State could they could beat them. We, we'll find out maybe in the final four. We might find out. Uh, I mean, you and I, for a couple months now, we've identified a couple of teams that we just really hated and didn't think we're going to go for. I said Marquette going to the tournament. We both said Purdue like a month and a half <laughs> yeah. ago. And then Tennessee was the other big one. Virginia, too. Virginia, I mean, too, for Virginia sure. Virginia was another one, I, especially after I watched this almost beat them. That was the, that was the dead giveaway. <laughs> that was the, I was like, if we, if, we can, if we can hang with them. This is not a. This is not your typical Virginia team. When we beat Clemson by ten, I'm like, that's a first round NIT loss team waiting to happen. There's no way they're making the tournament. There's no way they're winning a game in the NIT. When we almost beat Virginia, we're like first round loss done. <laughs> we beat Western, they're like that. They're, they're firing their coach. They're firing that coach. No that way. Team is all transferring. No way. Famu wins the Miac. They're going out in the first round of the Miac tournament. We haven't even checked on Famu. They may have just given up on the basketball program altogether. They're still they're still kicking. They kept uh, Ray McCollum, I believe. I think he's still there. I mean, it's like the, it's a tree in the woods. If no one's around to see him get fired, it's really They just happen. don't get it. They, 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 <laughs> they're like, whatever. We stopped paying him six months ago. He keeps showing up. We just don't have the heart to tell him. <laughs> we don't have the heart to tell him, and we don't have the money to hire anybody else. So. Florida A&M, by the way, I just checked. They updated Ken Palm. They are 359th out of 363 teams. So, And we beat them by six. Hartford still last? At home. Uh, Hartford is second to last. Oh, they moved up. LIU is last. What happened to Houston Christian Baptist? Uh, Houston Christian is 353. Okay. St. Francis, New York, which just gave up all of its sports, <laughs> was 355. <laughs> What's that say if you're eight spots If you're a FAMU right now, you're like, well. You're behind. You're one of the eight teams behind. The they team decided to stop playing up. completely, and, we, and, and they were better than we were. And I know we've been moving down despite not playing, which is just perfect in, in a way to end this season. Uh, we are. No, we're still we're hanging tough at 291. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, sweet. Maybe Miami winning would help us. I don't know, but how we're gonna finish because we only lost the nine by Miami <laughs> and thirteen. And thirteen was it thirteen? Okay. We're gonna finish behind Cal. Cal is two seventy. There's no way we're finishing behind Cal. Cal we're better was, than Cal. Yeah. I, this is where I tell Kim. This is why I don't trust your Kim Palm lover, because if you can't tell me a team that has less wins than us is better at higher ranked than us, not physically possible. No. To his credit. His top six teams, five of them are still standing. UCLA is the only one that's gone down. Mm. And they played another top six team in Gonzaga. Whatever. Lenardi gets all his brackets right, too. No, he doesn't. Any good. He doesn't get his brackets right. That's the difference. You put us behind a three-win team and we got four wins? Nope. Sorry. I mean, I, I, I feel safe in saying we're, we're better than Cal. I know we're better than Cal. I don't Cal. care about the, the analytics. The records show it. We've got no games left to play. This is a standing situation. We finished ahead of them in the standings. You can't, you can't, you can't dispute the fact, right? Numbers are numbers. Numbers are not four is more than three. That's all that matters. You know how words have they're, they're, they have a meaning for numbers number, have meaning. Numbers too. have meanings too, people. We're better than Cal. <laughs> That's all that matters. Uh, we've gotten last night. So we talked a little bit about on yesterday's show, Davion McKnight. Yeah, the West Kentucky 
transfer who has heard from every big school, had not heard from Louisville yet. And we were kind of talking. I was like, this may be McKnight saying, I don't want to come here, and Louisville not reaching out as a result of that. Whatever was going on there, Kenny Payne and his staff, according to multiple reports, they did reach out to McKnight yesterday. So Davion McKnight on Louisville's radar officially. Do you, I mean, I, I, I heard, and this is all third-hand information, but there was some hesitancy between him maybe not wanting to play with Scott Clark. He thinks he can do similar things, and Clark coming in to be the starting point guard and maybe hurts Louisville's chances of landing McKnight. I don't think it's a question that he's, because people have been like, do you think he's a take? I think he's absolutely a take. If you can get Davion McKnight, you bring him in. If no, For no other reason other than he fits the culture. Like, we've seen him play. He plays hard as hell. He plays the way that we've wanted our guys to play for the last two years. And I know that there's still, like, Kenny Payne's done his homework. I don't doubt that at all on, on all these kids. He was a pass on uh, Dior Johnson, who ended up getting some legal issues. He was a pass on Amani Bates, who may have been a headache. I don't think Dior Johnson ever played. No, he didn't. He was in jail for a while. And then he came back and. Gable he, dropped his name, too, during the tournament. He was like, well, we've been struggling without guys that we expect <laughs> to have, like Johnson. I'm like, terrible break for you. Yeah. Yeah, really. I'm sorry. <laughs> but so he he took Sky Clark. Yeah. And that goes to show that he has done his homework. But there's still conflicting reports out there about what went wrong with Sky Clark at Illinois. Those two parties are probably the only ones that really know. So if you're at all worried about. Sky Clark having maybe like a bad attitude or doing something where he might leave the team again or just being uh, a bad influence. McKnight, you know about his culture. You, you, you know about what he brings to the table. You know about, like, he is going to be a team leader. He's going to be a dog on the floor. He's going to work hard as hell in practice. If, if you were excited about the way that guys responded to Emmanuel Okorafor coming in here and working hard, McKnight's going to do the same thing. Like, all he knows is working his ass off. So for me, for that reason alone, and the fact that he's pretty damn good, he's a take. I think the question now becomes, does he want to come here and play in a program that already has an established point guard that people are assuming is going to come in here and, and just take that job? Does he want to play off the ball? Can he do Like, I don't know. But to me, it's a no-brainer. If he wants to come here, you take him. I mean, I, I, I would take him, yes. I mean, I've watched him play a few games as opposed to some of the people in the portal who I may or may not would take to have him watch. got to watch play because – he does have an advantage on, on a lot of those guys in the portal for me on that perspective. Sure. But here's the other thing. It's like, one, I mean, whether he, he, he looks at Scott, sees Cy Clark here, I, if I'm Kenny Payne, I'm telling every transfer, whether it be a wing or a guard or a center, there's no defensive starters here. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's no, you come here, it's not you competing to back up Sky Clark or, you competing to be the two next to Sky Clark. You're competing with Sky Clark. There's, there's no handing him the reins. I mean, if Sky Clark thinks he's coming here and because he's Sky Clark, and he's gonna, you know, be automatically the the, the guy, then he's. I got another. That's a rude awakening, dude. I mean, for the first part, I just finally just started getting your name right. I mean, I've been calling you the wide receiver from Western Michigan for the first two weeks. Because guess what? You haven't done enough to make me realize your name isn't more. Now, to be fair, he could be a first-team All-American. You're probably going to get his name wrong. That's true. But, but I mean, continue, come on. Continue. I, mean, I got thrown with two Skies in like a year. <laughs> I mean, come on. What are you people naming your kids Sky? When does it become some Mr. Jim of the of the common first names over here? Kids these days. I mean, how many Skies do you expect me to see? <laughs> I just and, – and, and, and this isn't going to be mean to, to McKnight, but also, I mean, if I'm him, I'm telling – 
don't don't just go some. I mean, just because chill. Don't be a skater. Afraid of Sky Clark. If 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 you want to come here and think that you also deserve to be here in the job and don't want to compete with somebody, maybe I really don't want you here either. I want a guy to come in here and say, hey, I know there's Sky Clark. I don't give a bleep. I'm good. He may be good. I can be better. I'll. This will be my job, not his. That's the kind of guy I want. The question might not be and, just beating and, and, Sky Clark out. It might be and norm- playing alongside a guy who has the mentality that Sky Clark has. Well, then be better than – if you think you know you can be better than him, then don't worry about Sky Clark. Well, I don't think – again, like it, it's playing alongside of him. Let's say that they're going to play in the backcourt together. Maybe you don't like his game. Maybe you don't like some of the things you've heard about him. Like, maybe that's a concern. The one perk about what today composed to like three years ago is that you don't have to be as picky with kids when you're, when you're transferring. Because if you don't like where you go, you can leave right away. I mean, I know that the, you only get the one. Clark free, did. I mean, I know you only get the one free waiver, <laughs> quote unquote. But I mean, as we established, instantly's not like blocking anybody from sitting out or making anybody sit out. No. At point. So, I, and I know McKnight maybe only have like one year eligibility. But I don't know. He's got a year left. Yeah, I, there's probably a good chance if he went, if he chose somewhere and it didn't work out right away, he could probably leave and still keep his eligibility in some way. The other thing that you would have, I think, issues with with McKnight, or that you're fighting an uphill battle on. It, I know that the the widely held belief, and this was like, I heard the same thing as everybody else did, was that McKnight has told family members like he wants to play at Louisville for his last year. But if it is like a, a scenario where you know, he's he's running out of time in his college calendar, he wants to make sure that he can play in the NCAA tournament, wants to maybe compete for a national title. He's got Kansas offers, like he, he's got big time offers at programs that do not miss the NCAA tournament and that are in the national title mix every single year. Maybe he says like I grew up wanting to be a Cardinal, I'd love to play close to home, but how sure am I that they're going to you know, win a lot more than they won in year one under Kenny Payne? So, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's more legitimate than I mean, the playing time. Because if you're thinking about going to Kansas, you think they're going to hand you the starting Again, job? Again, I don't know if the Sky Clark thing is playing time. I, I think it's just he might not want to play with Sky Clark it is kind of what's been out there. But who knows? Maybe that's all just scuttle and it's all being overblown. Because there was some similar stuff that was being spread with some guys that we were recruiting that were saying that about Amani Bates. And, Look, we ended up getting none of those guys anyway, so it didn't really matter. Okay. One of them was playing last night for Gonzaga. I was like, oh, Malachi Smith's having a great game. Cool. That's fun. Oh, that's the one at the buzzer beater. The... Yeah, he had a couple big shots late. Yeah. Uh, let's look real quickly, the tra- the transfer tracker. If we're looking at guys that we've reached out to, Davion McKnight we just talked about from yeah. Western Kentucky. Sean Conway, shooting guard from VMI. Decent score last year. Probably not a guy, maybe a culture guy, but not a guy who's going to come in here and I think immediately change your program. Not a, not a ball handler either. Any a two guard? Any He's a two guard. Scoring guard, yeah. yeah. Miles Stute, small forward. He's basically a three-point specialist at Vandy. Yeah. Charles Pride, shooting guard from Bryant. Can't handle it a little bit. Can score. Bigger. Bigger, 6'4", 185. Um, good outside shooter. Decent shooter, period. He, again, I think he could be like sort of a, maybe like a fresh Kimball type impact. He's not Carly Jones, but he can he can play at a level like this. I feel like we should be able to get better than that level, but okay. Uh, Kwasi Reeves is, is a guard-forward combo from Florida. Put up decent stats last year. Started seven games for them. Um, a guy who's, I think, naturally gifted, hasn't really realized that potential. Not a, a, a good shooter, more of a slasher, not a, a terrific ball handler, not an assist guy. He does not help you when it comes to, I think, the backcourt issues that we had last year. Khalif Battle is the big one to me. Now, he's a he's a shooting guard. He can handle it enough, but he's he's a bucket getter. He's a guy that's going to score for you. You bring him in here. He's probably a double-figure scorer for you next season. Uh, he can score off the bounce. He can create his own shot. He's a decent outside shooter. If I'm circling guys that we've, re- that we've reached out to so far, besides McKnight, 
he's the guy that I'm going with. That's something I feel like we we kind of let slide under the radar a little bit, and and what is desperately needed because I guess there's so many things the team needs anyway. But we we circle ball handler, but being able to create for your own shots, something else this team did not have last year. We had one guy. I, I, we had one guy, and it was our one ball handler. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, James can do certain things, but he can't take a guy off the dribble. And neither could really trainer or anybody else in this roster. So, I mean, that's yeah, that's sure. something. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I want a ball handler. Don't get me wrong, but we need a guy that can also create. Whether he not, doesn't have to be a point guard, ball handler, or whatever, but that can create for his own shot. Uh, Keyshawn Hall from UNLV. He was a freshman last year. I, again, this is a campaign is very clearly going after wing slash combo guards that are are big. Like he wants, yeah. he wants to play big, but like. This guy's 6'7", 250. He's listed as a guard forward. I watched a little bit of... of That's huge. That's a power forward. And he doesn't... Like, like, he may call himself a guard. He doesn't play like a guard. Like, th- this is my issue. Like, don't just go out in the transfer portal and look at guys that somebody has referred to as a guard who are 6'7", and say, they fit my style. We need guys who are good players. Like, who, who is this, by the way? Keyshawn Hall. He was a freshman okay. at UNLV last year. Like, he can't dribble. He, he, he shoots it okay. He barely played on a bad UNLV team. Yeah, it's just that's, that that frame sounds like Anthony Bennett. Yeah, it's just like, and he's a like if you want to take him on because you think he's a long term prospect, okay, that's fine. Mm, no, we no need if we're going transfer portal, we need guys that are going to help us out immediately. That that's that's our biggest need right now. We've got some good pieces, I think, for long term. We have some good pieces that can help us out a little bit next season. We need immediate impact transfers if we're looking to make the NCAA tournament next year. If you're going to get guys that are quote unquote projects. That just means Kenny Payne is so nice. He's bringing in projects for whoever replaces him at coach. Yeah, I mean, I, it just that's like, a really nice guy, though. The that's thing, pretty pleasant. The of other thing with projects are like we don't have room for projects. Like this guy barely played at UNLV net last season. He is in, is in the transfer portal now. That says to me like he's not looking to be brought along slowly. He wants to go somewhere where he can score and play big minutes immediately. Like I'll do respect to, to UNLV basketball. If you can't get on the floor for them right now, you shouldn't be coming here and getting on the floor for us. In, in your next season, like some of these, like they don't make a whole lot of sense. We need more Khalif battles. We, we need more guys yeah. that are three, four year players. We in the have portal. one project on a roster and that's all we need. That's the core for, or we need to start going after some of these guys that are like, like last year, I know we swung and missed on them, but at least make a play for Kirk Creasa from Arizona, who, I mean, I would, I'd crawl to Arizona to bring him here to play, to play for our team next year. Jameer Nelson jr. Would kill to have, like, we need a, at least one of those guys. They don't have to be as good as Carlick Jones or Damian Lee, but they have to be that type of player who's going to come and be a starter, be one of your leading scorers, who's going to be a big-time impact player if we're going to have any shot at being a competitor in the ACC. At least year. make them turn you down. Yeah, I mean, got to reach out, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, what's what are you embarrassed of, that you're going to get turned down? I mean, be Des Moines when it comes to these point guards. Go out there and send that vibe to every each and every one of them. What's the Des Moines reference? Fast times versus my high. Demone? Demone. He said Des Moines. I was, I was like, something about some Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> Go to Iowa and get a kid. I don't care. Get somebody. Uh, we, I mean, we've got – I know Sky Clark is, is a huge deal. Jameson Battles out there from Minnesota. That would be a Trevorism saying Des Moines instead of Demone. Yeah. By the way, Dugan probably was right here to kick me in my left testicle for doing it, too. You said – you also used Compose a few minutes ago when you meant compared, which made me laugh. Did I really? Yeah. <laughs> Composed to, I was like, hey, let him go. He's now, he's, he's rolling. I've suddenly become the the German swamper hard to let him go. It was good. Don't 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 worry about him. He's on a roll. I didn't realize I did that one. 
By the way, I, I saw CBS today, David Cobb, who does a good job over there. He ranked the top 10 impact players in the transfer portal. He's got Jalen Withers at number 10. I saw that, actually, yeah. He's got Scott Clark at number one. That's where I started losing respect for the guy. I mean, well, I, mean he, I think I'm, I'm, be, I'm bigger on Scott Clark than you are. I think he's got I the potential so. to be really good next year. I'd love to be proven wrong. Yeah. I mean, me, yeah. I mean, I, I shut me up and make me run naked backwards through a corn maze all, for all I care. I just prove me wrong. I don't think it's a done deal by any stretch, but he is. I mean, if you watch the highlights of his game against UCLA, the potential is absolutely there. Like, he does things in that one game that we didn't have a player do all last year, but the lack of consistency. I mean, the turnover issues are the turnover issues. The on-ball defense yeah. was was rough. Like he's going to have to get significantly better, but the ceiling is there. Which I think last year, say what you will about the talent, we can argue about how many wins it it, it should have produced or could have produced. We can all agree the talent isn't where Louisville basketball should be. His his ceiling is way higher than anybody I think we had on last KP year. KP seems to really have a thing for him. They've got they've been. I mean, he helped him commit to Kentucky back yeah. in the day. I mean, he's, he, he clearly wants to bring him. He's putting a lot of eggs in his basket with him, I think, the way it looks like right now. And For sure. That's, you know what? Again, I, while I may be pessimistic going into it, I would, you know what? If, if he comes out and he plays well and, and Louisville is, does what we expect and, or the, meet the expectations that we hope for him to do, and I'm completely wrong, then I'll be – I'll be happier than a puppy with two Peters for, if, that's, if, that's, if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, all of us, we all just want to win. It's all, at the end of the day, we all just want to win. I just want to win. Uh, text, let's go take a couple texts here. 502-414-1450. Text says, I wish UConn could have destroyed UK on the way to their inevitable championship. UConn beating UK has always been satisfying. Yeah, I didn't want UK in that far in the tournament, though. I'm fine with UK doing what yeah. they did. I'm fine with the second round loss. Yeah. But I, prefer I, first, but that's fine. I, mean, I, don't, I don't have to wait until they get to the to, – yeah, I don't want to do that again. Texas Mike, don't feel bad about crying as a fifth grader after the Wake Forest game. I was on the verge of tears as a senior in high school during the Wichita State game. Also, the Washington Sweet 16 game was the first game I can recall where I was when I watched it. Safe to say I was spoiled as a young fan. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I ever cried after a loss. I definitely, I remember crying after the Wake Forest game. I've now I've thrown things, broken things, gotten in fights with people. I've done that too. But I don't think I've ever really cried. The closest I came to crying was, I, I mean, a little bit when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. That's, those are happy tears. Yeah, happy tears are sad. Sad <laughs> You never like as a kid. Like I can't remember. Yeah, really. I mean, honestly, not with Louisville because I guess again, I mean, I mean, at the time Louisville wasn't really. I mean, the night I was seventeen in '97, so I mean, I definitely I would cry after my own games growing up for sure. Well, no, oh, I want to yeah. honestly. I guess one of the few times I really was really upset. Was ninety four Eastern Conference Finals Game Seven against the Knicks and Pacers? They lost ninety four ninety. That one, I was pretty heartbroken over that one. I really wanted that Pacers team to go to the finals. I was really in the because that was the that was the first year I'd got actually gone to playoff games. I'd been to a regular season game, become a Pacer fan, and I went to multiple games in that playoff run, including the game against they clinched against the Hawks in the second round, which to this day is still the loudest basketball arena I've ever been in. When we like when I was growing up playing sports, like. It, if we lost like the playoffs or the toy bowl or whatever, like, yeah, I, I, I was going to squirt some, I was, I, I still very much in, in this way, but like as a kid, especially I've really like winning was everything. No, I was angry. I'd go over to the other team and punch somebody. Yeah. I, I was, I was just very much like, just, just, I couldn't take it. Could I was, it was it. very good when I found marijuana at a young age. Yeah. That's it definitely. Cause I had some fights in middle school too a lot. Mellowed you out a little bit. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in ISAP. Luckily, back, I mean, nowadays, you use a desk on somebody in a fight, you get probably suspended, but I only got ISAP. 
Terrence is like, I got to say, I'm really starting to enjoy the trend of UK losing to KSU in the second round uh, every time their bracket breaks wide open. I mean, I said it. 16 beats the one. They're going to lose to K-State. They're going to lose to K-State. I think the last time it was in the Sweet 16. It was. But as long as they're out, as long as they're done, that's all that matters. They weren't. Kentucky fans, at least the ones I noticed, weren't as chesty this time, though, when Purdue got. Like, when when Virginia went down, all you heard Kentucky fans, like, we're going to the Final Four. It's a lock. Like, most of them, I think, were still very iffy about them even getting past K-State. Yeah, like they, they definitely, for, so, sure, yeah. for sure. Like they, they're a lot less confident this time. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, Texas says, everyone's clamoring for a first-time champion like it hasn't just happened a couple of times in the last four or five years. It has. I mean, yeah. Virginia was in, in Baylor. We're both first-time champions, but it doesn't mean I don't want it to keep happening. It's fun. Yeah, I agree. And also, Virginia's been like, you know, they still, I think, were a, a dominant name in college basketball. For a while, and but this this season is is fitting for a first time champ. We've said all year that this was going to be one of those. We 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 going. I mean, early in the year we was like, this is a weird year. It's just one of those wonky seasons where there's hardly any gap between really the number one and number twenty team. Really, I want more of a bizarre. Like I, I think the ideal champion for me this year would be like San Diego State, like just a team that you you've always known is good at college basketball, but you've never thought taken seriously as like a national title threat. I think it'd be, it'd be good for the sport. It'd be fun for the sport to have a champion like that. Um, I mean, FAU would be hilarious, too. Not hilarious, but it'd be, it'd be fun. It'd be different. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're probably going to get, I mean, UConn is, is my pick, Gonzaga. Houston very much in play. I mean, Houston, Gonzaga, Kansas State would all be kind of. First time, but like, they, but like they've been. It'd be like Virginia winning it, right? Kansas State least of the three, but yeah. For sure. I think Houston... Houston they were picked last to win their conference this year. Yeah, Houston and Gonzaga would feel kind of like they've been here before. They've been close. I mean, hell, Houston was right there with us when it comes to, like, top-tier programs of the 80s. But Kansas State would be out there. FAU would obviously be out there. Miami would kind of be out there. I mean, you forget they had one Sweet 16 ever before Larinaga got there. San Diego State would definitely be out there. Creighton Princeton, I think, would be was out Leonard there. was Leonard Hamilton, I believe, too. Was it? Because remember, he was there for years before he went... Oh, right. it, was, it was that or it was the guy that replaced him, I think. I don't know. I, I just know that it was yeah. one before. You're right. Before, he's had four of the five, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Texas says, any word on battle? No. just we, All I know is we've reached out. I know that there was some scuttle that we had a very good shot that he was. we were high on his list. We'll see if, if that continues to pan out. Texas says, Brian Kelly. Brian, oh, man. Brian Kelly didn't make that decision to cancel the game due to wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian. Oh. yeah. yeah. Uh, you 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 look you point that on a rate on, on, on a more normal basis. Texture says, uh, "I know." Well, this is the answer to the trivia question. I know who scored the second goal last week. Trevor's mom. <laughs> Come on, guys. Somebody I replied to somebody yesterday. I guess in a bunch of texts row. He's like, "It's been about thirty minutes and this and that." And I was just like, "Don't feel bad. It's hard to go thirty minutes." <laughs> <laughs> No, there's nothing ashamed in that. There's no shame in falling short of 30 minutes. <laughs> Texas said, PSI also had Mark Titus. They were the original big three. I don't know what that means. Something about somebody's apparent. Titus is apparently the first big three. I guess that Ohio State team that we are talking about earlier. I don't know. Texas, I think the intro, uh, the new intro needs more music intertwined. Again, just my opinion. I didn't use music underneath it this time. Yeah, which it it is different than the yeah, other ones. Yeah, I had. did. I did avoid using the music underneath it. I did. That was a uh, it was somewhat of a creative. I could get that. I thought he meant like the flow of like how I because I try to keep it kind of. It's a different one. Yeah, 
I've been kind of teetering with some, maybe some other stuff, but I'm not going to change it right away. And I'll tell you now, I do, I do have one saved for football season. Okay. I've already worked on one. I thought about using it, maybe just changing the song on some of it, maybe. Not, nothing against Cowboy, but just kind of give a uh, different feel. And you know how I never let anything go. 2000, Leonard Hamilton, Sweet 16. There you go. It was his last. It was that. That was what got him the job with the Wizards, I guess, because he left and then Perry Clark took over. Perry Clark. <laughs> Texas says, do you like Steve Rummage? I do. Yeah, he's a big wrestling fan, too. I like Steve a lot. Um, I, I mean, I've, as I said before, everyone always Better. wants to know, like, who do you like? Who do you not like in media? Who's like, I, I like pretty much everybody. I mean, I think there are like two people that I've not liked doing this. Dockage. Well, he's not, he's not local. He's not. Oh, local. he meant local. Like, okay. That Me? I've like worked with, not you. <laughs> like one is long gone. I think about the three people that I, I wow, this list keeps getting bigger and not, bigger. Well, I mean, I've, I've pretty, at this point, I've pretty much met everybody in local media. So like, True. it's a long list of people. I like almost all of them. Out of the three, one is gone. One is not doing sports anymore, and, and one is still around. Somewhere. Was that a check mark? Was that did I check the last box of, of local media to not work with? Hell, probably. Did you even have me on the box? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like, for the record, I've been doing this longer than you have, buddy. <laughs> uh, have you? I started in 08. When did you start? 06. Well, but I no radio or blogging. Yeah, I started bl- both. Because I did blog. I did blogging in 06. I did blogging and radio. I started doing a weekly show. And I did the, my first show was Matt Jones. I was still in college. Oh, with the, with, over, okay. Uh, well. With the Big X, or with Sports Buzz. Yeah. And then I started doing 680 stuff a couple years after that. Did you go that so you week. went down that downtown studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess you did. But you didn't have your own show. You were just filling in. I was co-host for once a week, yeah. yeah. Isn't that the one supposedly somebody brought a dog in and freaked out Matt? I don't remember that. <laughs> I heard it because I, 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 I got into it right after they left that studio and went over to uh, – the, the place over in Eastern East Louisville, yeah, Westville Road. I, I think they did a couple of shows there, and then it was like I probably ran into you. Man, I was not getting paid that much, and I was like, I, I still can't. aren't. I was like, yeah, I, I can't afford. It. But that at that time, it was like it's not worth me going all the way over there. I was like, this isn't. I don't need this. So. Oh, I loved it. I was like a block from my house. I was so close. I thought about buying a moped. But no, I like Rummage a lot. I like. I mean, and now we've got Marcus Maven. His son is back on the Lions now. Jalen Reese Maven is back. I've enjoyed having. That's his son. Yeah, I've enjoyed having Marcus as like a, a Lions fan for the last few years before the last couple it was always fun to kind of like see him enjoy life as a tortured lions fan where he's like what's going on i'm like yeah i've been doing this my whole life i can't wait to i think we go to break and find out who's on this list that you won't name i've told you you ask every time this comes up and i tell you the same thing and and you and and every time you know i'm a burnout and you're shocked that i I know which is why like there's no point in getting into it because there's only one person i've ever gotten on i've mentioned him on here uh texas says it all goes back to sebastian telfair it does i don't even know what he's talking about and i agree sure of course uh, Texas says yesterday's show in the heat of March Madness, Trevor comes out with you know any British guys named Phil? It was just incredible, <laughs> and it was the King the Phil, King Phil is, Collins, is Philip. Two of the most famous Brits of all time are both Phils, and the and the only British person that I've ever had a personal relationship was also a Phil. But we still didn't find any Clarks or whatever it was. I don't know any British Clarks. Yeah, we still didn't find a Clark. Clark Campbell, not British officially. Clark, from Ohio. Clark Kent, not from not from not from England. Let's take a break. When we come back, Mark Griswold, Chicago. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple other additional thoughts. We had some spring practice comments yesterday. Ron English talked to the media. MJ Griffin talked to the media. We're seeing Jack Plummer throw. Thoughts on that and more. We'll go back to the text line as well. Keep it locked right here. More Rutherford Show up next on the Big X.
Tonight, Sweet 16 action from Seattle. It's a homecoming for Haley Van List. 10 o'clock is the tip-off. ESPN has the TV coverage. You can hear all the action uh, on the radio on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Uh, I've been blown away. I mentioned on on Tuesday like the absurd traffic numbers that a quick little like, 300-word post that I did on the Haley Van List handshake dust-up did. It's still going. Like Not, not, not just for like the site, but like if you Google Louisville Cardinals, I always, when I'm doing the news and notes posts, I'll search Google news for any Louisville stuff. And like the daily mail in England is writing about Haley Van Lith. <laughs> the globe is writing about Haley Van Lith. The daily mail. Yeah. Like they're like, like all, I guess because she's such an internet presence. She has so many social media followers. She's well known. Um, she's, she's getting so much attention for this. I don't know if you follow the, it's an account John boy on Twitter. And I think, I guess they have an Instagram too. John Boy like is in the, the old TV show. John? No, J O M B O Y. Like they oh. they break down. It's a lot of times it's baseball stuff, but they'll break down like fights or crazy things that happen in sports, and uh, like they, it's always a, a funny breakdown. They kind of go like really really in depth. They put out a video for the Haley Van Lith handshake. I've seen three big time internet presences. One of them is on TikTok. They're a professional lip reader. Another one's like another TikToker, and then John, they've all broken down this handshake thing. They've all come to three different conclusions about what was said. <laughs> One thinks it was the, it looks like she says, congratulations on being an All-American, honorable mention. One thinks that the the professional lip re- reader says, she says, call me witch again, I'll whoop your ass. And then the John Boy one says, she thinks it says, call me a P again, I'll whoop your ass. So we've got okay, three least, different reads on this. Okay, the, the second two can be, I can see a little bit of, because. I still think it's the second one. I think she says, call me with Because the first one about, none of those, there's no way you confuse sweep and sleep like that, like with any of those other words. What do you, what do you mean? The Seinfeld member when, when George got the lips, rink, lip, lip reader. Oh, yeah. And he said, we're going to sweep together. They're going to sleep together. I thought, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, if you, if you go into it. Because honorable mention and like. Call me witch again. Which does not sound anything but if alike. But you go, if you go into it thinking that's what she says, I can see it both ways. Like it, it's really if you go in there thinking she says honorable mention, it looks like she says honorable mention. If you go in there thinking she says call me witch again, it looks like she says call me witch again. I don't see the John Boy wanted. I, I don't see her saying the p word. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't I'm horrible at lip reading. Anyway, like, let me ask you. Let me ask I just, real quick. I, yeah. I, I don't feel like that comes up in the middle. I've never played in a women's college basketball game, but I feel like that word. <laughs> really? would, I feel like that word wouldn't come up in trash in game trash talk the way that the b word would. I would think the b word would be common. I think the b word is common in both the men's and the women's. I game. agree. Like boom, like, you know, you, you would say it, but like I, yeah. I feel like I said it too many times on the show. One time, females don't use the the p word in that respect, like trash talking one another, like. Nearly as much as I think that they use the, the B word. I don't know, but then again, I still think during then when they have slumber parties, they have pillow fights in their pajamas. So what do I know? They do. They, they, I would, they, I'm not going to take that away from you. Damn right, they do. <laughs> that's, that, 
you take it away from me. You just must take my, my my reason for living, man. Come on, it's not happening. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think the B word flies. I don't. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, the P, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, for, I mean, my track record knowing women is clearly not very good to begin with. So I mean, but yeah, that would surprise me. It's but just crazy you, how much this th- this attention this thing has gotten. If I asked you, like, if you could, if you could master one thing, and I'll like a blink of a snap of a finger, you'll be master of it. Lip reading or speaking a foreign language, which one would you take? Speaking a foreign language. I mean, it can be any language. It can be Spanish, French, Italian, German, whatever. I I don't know. I mean, I, Lip I, reading's pretty cool, though. Because I've always, to this day, I still want to know what Carl Malone says on the free throw line. I'm kidding. They're both cool skills. I don't know how much I would use either one. Like, I don't... Lip I, reading, you probably would use more than you think. Well, look at how murders in the building, how much he used it. Well, again, that's a TV show. <laughs> this, this is the part of the show where I have to tell you that that art doesn't always mirror life. There's 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 differences. I don't understand what you're trying. to I know say. you don't. I don't get it. But I, mean, I feel like I have to point that out. I I mean I I can't remember a situation. Are you just a lot. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't unless I'm going overseas. I'm rarely in a situation here where I would need to speak Spanish or Italian or, or whatever. It'd be. I always feel like the dumb American when I'm overseas. And, like I can do like very terrible like Italian or, or whatever. I'm glad you got to go overseas enough to have that feeling. Well, like twice. The, the, the two times where I've been in that situation. <laughs> it's I, like I, a world traveler. I, yeah, I know. I did make it sound <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm there every other weekend. <laughs> yeah, every time I'm in the weekend in Nepal, I'm like, I can't. <laughs> My frequent trips to South America, I'm always terrified that I don't speak the language well enough. But like, I, I do feel like I, when I have been in that spot the few times, like I felt kind of just crappy. Mm. I'd, I'd like to have it then, but also like, well, but it's kind of cool. I mean, because speaking the language is kind of cool. You can talk to somebody and, and just cuss them out in, a, in another language. They don't know what you're saying. I think that's the first thing that your mind goes to. <laughs> that's the most useful part of being fluent in a language. You can cuss somebody out. They won't even know it. Oh, come on. I can't be not the only one that thought that first. Uh, reading lips, like, I can't remember a situation where I've wanted to know. I'm sure I've been in one, but like, I can't off the top of my head remember one where I've been like, ah, I wish I knew what they were saying. But you maybe you didn't know that you wanted to know. Could and be. now that you know, you realize that you wanted to know. I'd, maybe I'd use it more than I think. I think I, I would. I would almost pick. I mean, as much as I would love to be able to like fluently speak like Spanish or something. I mean, then you can watch those soap operas and understand what they're saying. They may say Iran, huh? <laughs> but lip reading would be cool. I mean, that would be that'd be pretty cool to have. I'm basically fluent. I took AB Spanish in high school. Learned nothing. <laughs> I can just speak in Dutch. I don't speak Dutch. No, German. German. <laughs> I don't speak German. That's the th- I thought how to say is do you speak German? I Some, know. Someone once answered me and I was like, Nine? <laughs> I don't know. All I know in French is je m'appelle Michel. My name is Michael. <laughs> I don't even I can't speak a one French word. I picked up like very few phrases in Italian when we went to Italy. <laughs> I remember one of them was they always like Italians when you eat. They block off the entire like restaurant for you for the night. Like they expect you like eating dinner is like an all night activity. You go in there. Oh, eating big with a test stereotype. Yeah, but, like it's the, it's your whole night. Like they don't they don't try to get you out of there. They don't try to kick you out. They don't try to for, like turn over thing. Get as many customers in as possible. Yeah. You get there at six. Like they will not make you leave until you like they won't put any pressure on you to leave. So they're, they're like you have to like ask for the check. You have to get their attention if you want to get out of there. And it's il conto per favore. I remember is what it says. Like is how you say check please. That's the only thing that I think stuck with me. Say <laughs> it again. Il conto, per favore. I'm going to use that like a pizza hut or something. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> My deep dish was delicious. <laughs> Your pizza. Your pizza. Why are you talking like that? 
Pizza pie was guess, delicious. That's something I would do. I'd come Bellissima. out sound, I'd sound like a, a bad version of Mario Brothers. I'd be in there. Can't get a pizzeria. <laughs> Just like, bravo. Bravo, ravioli. <laughs> like the white guys on baseball tonight that used to try to pronounce the Hispanic players' names like the Hispanic announcers. I was going to add Pedro more. Martinez. I was like, don't. I'm like, you sound terrible. Please don't do that. Ended up being like Joey when he learned French. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, take a couple quick texts here before we, we, we move on. Texas says, I also like the McKnight. Isn't a tall guard. I get the impression that KP is designing a roster with NBA guards in mind. Tall guards aren't the recipe for success in college like they are in the NBA. I could not agree more. I, I feel weird saying that because I do think that Kenny Payne is, is doing this thing where it's like he's putting himself, he's pigeonholing himself into a spot where he just wants guards of a certain, I mean, look at the guys that we reached out to. I mentioned the kid from UNLV who's listed as a guard and he's 6'7", but he's not. He's also 250 pounds. He's dude. not. He wasn't good. Like he barely played. And Scott Clark's six four, right? Scott, yeah, I think he's. I think he's six three. Is what he's listed at. But he looks. Four, yeah. He's also thick. Like he, he's a muscular six three dude who can. He, he can guard taller players. But I mean, six three six four is still pretty good size for a point guard. For sure. I mean, I mean look, look at Noel. He's five seven. I was say, I mean, yeah. All you have to do is watch the NCAA tournament right now and see that it's great that like like Marquise Noel probably doesn't have an NBA future, but. I think he might get shot. You want to win at the college level? He's pretty damn good. Like that, this is, you don't have to be six five NBA prototype guard to win at this level. I love that Muggsy Bogues tweeted at him last night too. <laughs> the problem with Noel is that Muggsy might have been a better shooter than Noel. Noel does struggle a lot with the outside. He's been playing better this tournament, but consistently his his shooting is. Well, Muggsy wasn't a great shooter though. He wasn't a great shooter, but he was he was decent. He was more of an old school point guard. He was he was pass first and also a tremendous defender. Also a lottery pick. Was he really? Well, I guess officially not then, but would be now, because he went twelfth. Okay. At the time, the lottery was only I think right. the top would have been nineteen eighty seven. So I want to say it was the top eleven. No, no, it would have been the top seven teams for lottery. It went to eleven in in, in ninety after the expansion. That's kind of long. I mean, he had a lengthy now it's thirteen, but yeah, Battle uh, Wake Forest. Yeah. Everybody tweeted at Noel last night. I saw like Kevin Durant was tweeting about him, uh, which is one of the core things about March Madness is. All these these guys, these celebrities, these NBA players who probably didn't know who a player was three weeks ago are now watching the games. They're tweeting about him. Remember LeBron James was tweeting about Russ during our run in 2013? Like, just stuff like that. It's just it's why it's it's the best sporting event. It's the, it's the coolest. Texture says, 502-414-1450, is the joke about running backwards through a corn maze reference to you getting an ear of corn stuck up your butt? I bet you'd like that, Trevor. Yes, it's always funnier when you explain the joke. I mean, I didn't think that that joke needed to be explained. I, I love it. There's nothing that makes me laugh harder <laughs> than when you explain a joke. Well, can you explain? Is that what you were referencing? Yes, that's clearly what I was referencing. Corn is, of the butt. Is the, is the uncomfortable feeling of a maze of corn going up the rectum. That was what I was, that, that was the, it was going for the ha-ha there. Texas. I, I, know, I annoyed somebody when, when somebody I was thinking that one day, I just. Just annoyed him by every time I'd make a joke, I'd explain it right now. The funny thing about that is. (laughs) He was was getting so annoyed. He's like, dude, shut the bleep up. I'm like, but but you don't get it. It's funny because. (laughs) Aristocrats were known to be incestuous. (laughs) Uh, I cried after the Lamar Florida State game. Granted, that day was the drunkest I've ever been in my life. I would assume those would be happy tears. Yeah, I'd hope so. Unless you're a Florida State fan. Yeah. 
Texas, why wouldn't you root for a first-time champion unless it's, unless it's your team with a chance to win? Uh, did we did we say we weren't rooting for one, or did the Texas? Well, the one guy texted him was like, "Why are people acting like we haven't had a recent first-time champion?" Well, I don't think that made, made he was rooting against it. He was just saying, "Don't act like it's something new right. because we've had it two of the last three." Yeah, years. and we were just saying like we still just yeah. kind of want it to happen. It's just fun. Texas is John Fanta having a blow-up moment right now, or have I just not been following college basketball outside of Louisville close enough? The dude has an infectious energy for college basketball. I miss the Big East. I like Fanta a lot. Like he's yeah he he's definitely. Been slowly coming up. He's been a Big East guy. Now he's kind of going more mainstream. Uh, Mostly with the 68 stuff. He's, yeah, he's doing the stuff with Goodman now. He's been yeah. doing some Barstool stuff. He's been, yeah, he, he's definitely been on the come up. I think he's he's got a big future. I liked him a lot when he was doing, like, MSG stuff, like, five, six years ago. He had one funny thing where he was outside of Providence for a game, and it was all snowy. It was January. And he's like, time for Big East basketball right now. And he's, like, wiped out. And they, they went ahead and just used it. I was like, I like this guy. I don't know if this is bad of me, but, like, for because I would see the, the videos for like the field, because I follow Doster and Goodman and all them, and, and I still enjoy both of them, to you know. But so I would see it, and uh, I would see that you know they post always that video. You know, you see the the faces of the the guys, uh-huh. and I didn't, I wasn't really familiar with John Fanta was. This, I guess maybe a year or so ago, and so. Every time I'd see him on there, I always thought it was my boy Jack Grossman from over at 680. They do look similar, for <laughs> sure. So I was like, every time I'd see it on there, I'm like, I knew Jack was doing some stuff with with with, 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 Rob, with Rob over there. And uh, every time I'd see it on there, I'm like, all right, Jack, way to go, man. Get, get some camera t-. Turned out like 90 times of the time. It was, uh, it was Fanta, yeah. yeah. What can I say? Chubby White with glasses. We all look alike. Texas says, you may not know this info, but does the work is work shirt by Flyville slash Pierce have financial con- contributions to the ladies team? I've got no idea. I, have no, I, I don't, don't even know what that shirt is. I don't need, I don't I don't understand a word in that text. I don't know. Um, All I got was shirt and work. I know that there's a like, like there's now been a website set up for potential NIL donors who just want to donate to women's basketball. I put the link up on Card Chronicle News Notes yesterday on Thursday. You can also find it on Twitter if you just search. I think like Louisville WBB uh, NIL, you'll fi- you should be able to find it pretty quickly. But there is an effort being made there. I mean, there's a lot of different things are popping up with NIL right now. You've got, I think a a crew is how they refer to themselves of six to eight people that are very influential that are helping with men's basketball significantly right now, which is is good. We needed that. You've got women's basketball making a concerted effort. You've got the players, uh, the incoming freshman football class. They've got their NIL stuff going on right now. It's good times, and it's helping us in recruiting in all these sports, which is good. Which is good. I thought. Sorry, I thought you were about to say. something. I was there. distracted because I got distracted by something, which is why I hate promoted things on Twitter feeds. Like, by the way, if you if you if you promote something on my feed, you're getting blocked. I, that's, I block anything promoted. It's gotten worse recently too. Like, it used to be like big companies. Now it's just like one guy who's like, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm getting like a, so. This is what I just got right now, and, and this I was, is why kids shouldn't be able to read. I'm and, like, why, why? Why is this on my time? And this one baffled me until it's the very bottom. I see it says it's promoted by Apple. It's a Bleacher Report tag, a tweet. It just says, Jalen Slauson gets firm in the lead with back-to-back threes and a one. Watch the five final five minutes of this possible upset right here. Uh, there's a lot like that. And I'm like, this is what the hell are you doing to me? I know it's during the NFL all the time where it's like, the Lions are about to score. I'm like, it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's like, why, why is Apple promoting something from, like... It's very silly, yeah. It's it's super annoying. Uh, yeah, and the Like, lately, it's just been like, Hey, I'm a guy running for like Senate in it, state Senate in California. Here's why I think 
everybody who's not like white should be thrown into Canada. I'm like, well, why am I seeing this? I I, I do get the end of, I've getting I'm getting I'm gotten more. I feel like you're right. Individual Twitter account promotes, which by the way, you get blocked if you show them. I think I'm doing the same thing. And I'd also, either side, if it's anybody doing this, oh, like, I, don't I don't care, care yeah. about. Boom, you're gone. Also, I, I block. I, I block like when they promote like a movie trailer or something. Even if it's something I don't want. I don't want to. Don't feed it to me. I'm sorry if I'm not following you. You don't need to be on my line. There's a reason why I, have, I may be in the top 10 in, in the nation in blocks. You and... I got a lot of blocks. Jamari, a lot of mutes. I'm, I'm mostly mute, but I, but blocks are always... Jamari and Sharp of Twitter. If, if you're... <laughs> kind of like, you know, like George Murison out there a little bit, you know. Uh, before we take a, throw it to break here, should point this out. 43 years ago today, the Louisville men's basketball team won its first national title. They took down UCLA 59-54, to claiming the first of three, count them, one, two, three, national titles for the, the men's basketball the program 43 years ago today. It's a, it's a, it's a dad in its prime, that national championship is. We love you. Love you, Griff. 43 years ago today, I turned 43 in less than a month. All great things happened around this time 43 years ago. Well, the Eagles went to their first Super Bowl in that same year. I, I stand by my point. 43 years Blue ago. Blue Jays had their first winning record. Reds were doing red stuff. The Reds were... Basically the same that they are now. Actually, that rat would be the end of the... Jeff Brown was alive. Jeff Brown was alive. <laughs> it was a great time. Noel wasn't. <laughs> it was a great time for this country. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hours up. We'll keep getting you ready for Louisville Ole Miss tonight. We'll keep taking your texts, and then we'll show you, uh, tell you how you can get enrolled to potentially win Racing Lou season tickets on Monday. Keep it locked right here. 5 o'clock hours up next on Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Stubborn and won't watch Shallow Hal despite you love Magruder, which I love Magruder. Listen, I'm not, show, I'm not, I'm not downing Magruder, but all you, of it. No one who loves that has any any room to stand to look down on Shallow. I'm not Hal. looking down. I'm just saying I'm not going to make carve out the time to watch Shallow Hal as, as a 38 year old father of two. I'm not. Don't pull that card off. Baby. I'm not going to sit don't down. Give and me that credit. Pull out three hours You're on Friday night to watch Shallow Hal. Anybody here? I don't have time to watch Shallow Hal. I'm a father of two. I don't have time to watch Shallow oh Hell. <laughs> Give me that crap. What do you think you're talking to? Father of two, heroically battling long a, this COVID. This is the first week one I met. I've known you long enough to know that. Working bad. three jobs. I, I don't have time for Shallow Hell. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah.
yet. <laughs> this is like the first week or month we worked together. I could have fallen for it. Known you two, almost two years now. It's not working, dude. Well, I really don't. I'm not gonna lie. You got plenty of time. I do not. Bring have... in a babysitter and watch the movie. I do not have plenty of time. <laughs> Which, but uh, what led to me, I was going to ask you, I think I, we've discussed this, but you've never seen Arthur either, have you? I've not. Not the Russell Brand reboot that killed his career, but the original. The original one with Dudley Moore is hilarious. It's very funny. It's but that's, of course, it. the theme to it. Okay. You should watch it, but you should watch Shallow How first. I'm not watching Shallow Then watch Runaway Jury, and then watch Arthur. I'm going to write all these down. This summer, I'm going to like, I don't you I can might do whatever to, you want. It's not happening. I'm like, I'll kidnap you. I will. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not watching any of these things. We've been, a, we've been doing this for two years. I haven't watched a, any of these. What's that a ransom note to Mary? What's this? He doesn't want any ransom. He just says he's going to bring him back after a movie marathon. You like clockwork oranging me with my eyes <laughs> held open as I watch Shallow Hal. I'm like, it's kind of funny, but <laughs> I've got stuff to do. My kids have to be places. Uh, quick updates here as we start at the five o'clock hour. First of all, it's gross outside. It's disgusting. It's raining again. It's not, not cool. We've got Louisville baseball in action for the first of three games in South Bend against Notre Dame. The Cards trail now through six innings. Notre Dame leads four to three. Uh, so women's college basketball update. Uh, we, the NCAA tournament is off and running. The Sweet 16 is, I should say. Miami pulling the upset over Villanova. The nine seed takes down the four-seeded Wildcats, 70-65. to 65. The Cavender Twins and their billion Instagram followers are dancing into a regional final for the first time in program history. The, uh, the Segrist, uh, what's her first name, Maddie? Maddie Segrist, the 1,000-point scorer, goes out with a 31-point performance, but it's not enough. The ACC is guaranteed of at least one regional finalist. Props to the Miami Hurricanes. Getting the job done over there in the Greenville Regional. I know I looked this up a couple months ago when we were talking about like the, 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 the high seeds of women's that don't go very far, really, especially in the Final Four. I, don't, I wonder if nine would be the highest seed ever. To make a Final Four? Yeah. I think there was a double-digit seed a few years ago. Because, like, no, none above, no, I don't think anyone above a four has ever won it. Right. You, I think it was three. I think it was three was the highest. That, and that, that was, like, North Carolina right. or something like that, yeah. Which is kind of crazy. But, and, and, there, and I remember there was a five in there. I think we're the only five to make it to the title game. And I think a six was in there, too, maybe. But And there could have been, I mean, but it's just, but that's a good thing also. I mean, we talked, to, I mean, I brought this up the other day, like, you know, how women's basketball is, it's slowly but surely, you know, getting that parity where you can have this excitement. That's that's something the women's tournament never really had for years and years was, you know, I mean, you get occasional. I mean, they technically didn't have a 16 over a one before anybody else did. But, I mean, you, you didn't, you just really didn't have the 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 the, the parity and drama that came with the men's tournament. No. And it's still not there completely, but man, it's getting a lot closer. All right. What's your guess as far as the lowest seed to make a final four in the women's tournament? Well, the way you're talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna say maybe was it a nine? It was a nine. It's happened okay. one time, uh, Arkansas in 1998. Also, kind of 25 years ago. I mean, it's kind of crazy. A different time in ba- women's basketball. Too. I don't think I realized this. You mentioned the, the the famous Harvard upset in as a 16 over a one in 98, which technically is the first 16 one upset mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. There's never been a 15 over a two or a 14 over a three in the women's That's tournament. Insane. It's nuts. It's also crazy that it would happen in women's basketball so. Far ahead of everyone yeah, else. Yeah, it's wild. There have been a, the first three nothing comeback in pros was hockey, I believe. Was it? I think we want to say the Sharks did it like one year. Yeah. So you've had in women's basketball, you've had one nine seed in the final four, one eight seed in the final four, two sevens, one six. Uh, the far the farthest a five seed. You're right. Louisville's the only five seed yeah. to play in the national title game. Uh, two four seeds have played there, and the worst, <clears throat> the lowest seed of national champion 
has been two three seeds: Carolina in '94 and Tennessee in '97. That's crazy because I remember watching that Carolina game. That was a buzzer beater. Was it? Shot the buzzer. Yeah, and the, the game before that was the first ever women's game I ever watched, which was '93. Which was Katie Smith in Ohio State versus Cheryl Hoop Swoops in Texas Tech. I got a question for you, real quickly. Somebody has been adamant in arguing with me on Twitter about this, and I just, I think they're totally wrong, but maybe I'm totally wrong. They're saying, because I, I wrote about Fairleigh Dickinson, I think I used the word like March Immortal. And they're like, Immortal? That's, that's crazy. It's not like they went to a Final Four or anything. And I'm like, people remember when 16s beat ones. Like, that's going to stand out to everybody. They're going to remember Fairleigh Dickinson. And his response was, nobody remembers who beat Virginia. Uh, Missouri, uh, was it the MB, M- UMBC? Correct. Yeah. My response was, I think... Maryland, Baltimore County. I think Maryland. way, way more people can tell you who beat Virginia in the first round of the 2018 tournament than can tell you the four teams that played in the Final Four of the 2018 tournament. I know you and I are different. Like, we're yeah. we're, we're not exactly the norm. But if you, if you go to the average fan and you're like, who was the first 16 seed to beat a one in 2018? They'll say UMBC. I th- I think if you ask them to say that the, the four teams that made the final four, I think you'll have fewer people that will be able to name that. I think you're you're more right and right now with with that term. The problem is is that they are the second, and I'm not saying it's going to be coming. Well, we're just, we're just all we're talking about right now is the UMBC but, thing. Okay, I'm, but here's the thing: if you have another say another three more 16s over the next ten years, win it'll it'll be diluted. It'll get to the point where you don't because, like I said. I guarantee there was a long time where people remember the name Richmond as a 15. Right. And, or Santa Clara, who did it second just not too long after and that. And now you've got 12 of them. And now, yeah, now it's like, who did what? Who was the first? Who maybe? So, but as of now, I mean, yeah, I think, I don't think it's unfair to use that word to describe them as. Well, just going back to the original discussion, though, with this guy, like, I, I think that, like, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that people are going to remember that UMBC was the first forever. Like, I, I think that that name will stick with people. I think they're always going to remember UMBC, Virginia. And I think that if you ask them to name the 2018 Final Four, they'll be like, eh, I remember Villanova won. Because that's kind of – it was kind of a weird Final Four anyway, where it was Villanova, they beat Michigan in the Final Four, Loyola Chicago was in there, and then Kansas was the fourth. Like, I think more people will just be able to say UMBC. They'll be able to say – Unfortunately, I think if time goes on, more people will remember Virginia lost, but who did they lose to? You think so? I think at some point you could get to that, yeah. I think UMBC's got staying power. I mean, I like just case in point, like I have not followed the women's game as much as I followed the men's game over the years. I could tell you right away, like Harvard beat Sanford in 1998. I didn't remember it was Harvard. You didn't? I knew. I thought you just said Harvard before. No, I said 16. I said a 16 over one. I couldn't remember who it was. Well, I knew. All I I can go is from myself. Like I don't remember. I don't know a whole lot of women's basketball tournament history. I know Harvard won the 16 game. God, it was Stanford too. Man, they they suck. They they choke a lot, don't they? Yeah. Was that still uh, Van, Van, Tammy Van Veer or whatever her name is? Wasn't she the coach there for like 30 years? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> See? I don't, I don't know that. But I know Harvard won the game as a 16 seed in 98. Do you um, remember the year? I'd forgotten the year. I mean, the best, the best memory I have of women's basketball, like I said, was 93 watching Swoops and Katie Smith go at it. Well, I'll say it's the only Final Four, by the way. There you go. <laughs> uh, we talked a lot today on today's show about uh, last night's 316 games. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll talk about tonight's 16 games coming up here after the break a little bit. We'll also tell you how you can get signed up to win racing Louisville season tickets. We gave away a pair of tickets for tomorrow's Lou City game early in the show. Everybody who's won so far, the three winners we've had, the two season ticket winners and the one, uh, two ticket winners for tomorrow's game, should now have an email with their, their ticket going. And that's the cool thing about the way we're doing this giveaway is 
there's a quick turnaround with the Lucidity playing tomorrow, but it's all done through email now. So you can you know, we get your name, we get your email, boom, you got the tickets, should be good to go. So we can, you know, next week with Lou, with Racing Louisville playing their first home match on Saturday, we can hook a lot of people up with tickets. It's going to be fun. We're excited about it. And then we can start giving away some shirts, some scarves, some garb, if you will. I'm going to put some scarf. I, I could bring out, I could pull out the scarf. Tara Vanderveer is her name. She's been there since 86. Wow. Still way. there, by the way. 14 Final Fours and three titles. There you go. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line if you want to weigh in this hour with anything that's on your mind. We'll talk a little bit more about Louisville Ole Miss in just a second. Uh, we don't need to rehash the Marquise Noel stuff. I did want to say mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of the the practice highlights that they threw out there, and I'm already doing the thing. This is how excited I am for football right now. I'm not even going to these practices. I'm not even like sitting there and watching them. I'm reading Keith Wynn's reports, but I'm watching the little snippets that they're putting out there on social media. And I'm already finding myself, I'm being like, you know what? Getting you excited, isn't it? Jack Plummer's got a tight spiral on that ball. It's, it's, doing it. We don't do it every year. I like that form. I know. We he do. looks like a prototypical power conference quarterback. I, I'm feeling good. I'm going from eight to nine wins right now. I'm already feeling myself turn. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> I know everyone's probably thinking, well, everyone does that, Mike. Everyone gets in there. Oh, but I saw that deep pass, the slow motion deep ball. I'm like, that's a hell of a deep ball. Much like the SEC claims, when it comes to Braum being the coach, it just means more. I mean, I I watched the – it's one video of him throwing one pass in slow motion, and it's like 10 seconds long. I watched it five times. I'm like, that looks like a hell of a deep ball. I mean, as we get close to the season, I mean, they're going to have to come in here and like get the cleaning crew in here more often than not. This place is going to look like a Jackson Pollock painting in this place. I'm telling you, it's a tight spot. Gonna be so, we're going to be so excited over this. It's a great throw. <laughs> I was like, you know what? And that wasn't even a nerf ball. I think, I mean, I'm give me some Heisman odds. Let's get some futures out there. I'm feeling good about this. <laughs> I'm all in on Jack. That's all it took for me to be all in on Jack Plummer. So, so Plummer's going to flush the competition? <laughs> Damn right he is. Uh, the, the the pass that he threw, I think, was caught by um, Heisman winner Katerus Hicks, the freshman from Miami. Who, okay. I mean, we've got four incoming freshmen out of this last recruiting class. Hicks is the one that Keith identifies the one he he thinks can get on the field the quickest. He thinks he's going to be really good. He's five ten, he's small, but look, he's already got he's got a connection with Jack Plummer. That's all I know. They're forming a rapport, Trevor. They've got a great connection. They've completed one pass that That's I know of <laughs> through two spring practices. They're on. They're on the same page. This passing game is clicking already. That's all I need to know. I'm so excited for football. I'm just all I hear is shock the world championship run. I also liked hearing like Ron English talk to the media after practice yesterday. Uh, MJ Griffin was the other guy who talked to the, to the media. The safety who was a transfer from Temple played a lot last year. Was really good down the stretch. And English, he talked like like I know it's always lip service when you have a coach who comes to town, whether it's the first time or they're coming back talking about how much they love Louisville and being here. Like, he sounded genuinely thrilled to be back in Louisville. I think he used the phrase, like, I'm happy as hell. Like, like You ever heard anybody say anything bad about Louisville after they, even after they left, though? I don't think Scott Satterfield's saying glowing things about Louisville publicly oh, or, what, or privately. Give, give, him, give him a year in Cincinnati. He'll, you, you'll, he'll turn he'll turn the Well, Cincinnati, this is his problem. Cincinnati's too similar to Louisville. Like, I don't know why he— It is kind of, yeah. He yeah. went from, like, Pizza Hut to Papa John's, and he's like, it's going to be totally <laughs> different. Like, it's going to be a little different. Wait, wait, are we Papa John's or Pizza Hut in this scenario? Clearly, we're Papa John's. Okay. I'm, 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 all, I'm not saying we're, like, we're bad. I'm just saying <laughs> you're going from one similar thing to another similar thing. And if culture was the problem here, guess what? You're going to run into some issues there. But Ron English sounded genuinely— I think enthused to be back here. 
and I hope it works out. Like I, he's he was an easy guy to root for when he was here the first time. A lot of people wanted him to be the interim head coach when Craig Thorpe was not working out well, and hopefully his defense is, is tremendous here. But all good vibes on the football side of things. Uh, we're still not gonna have Brian Brom on the show. No text line. We're not. We're, not, we're never in Brom. Love Jeff. Love Greg. Oscar. Everybody. Ashley. Yeah. Jen. Brady. We'll have, we'll have Brahms that aren't even related to the Brahms. Mark. Yeah. Random. Mark can come on the show. We're just going to randomly go on Google and Facebook and look for people's last names. Dana. Dennis. You're all. Every Brahm. Roush. Every Brahm or Brahm family member besides Brian is coming on the show. I'd say we've got to get that picture with all of us together and then Brian in the side. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and if you don't know what we're talking about, look at the YouTube videos. Oh, my bad. Man, uh, <laughs> next week. <laughs> next week. How we have these two windows in here. Just don't agree. <laughs> Just, just the day would be a perfect day with the rain, too. Just have him like, <laughs> the rain kind of coming down on his face. Just sad look. It's so awesome. Uh, Thornton's text line. I'll take a couple of texts here. Next segment, we'll talk about tonight's games, both on the, on the men's and women's side of the NCAA tournament. Texas, I mean, looking at McKnight's assist-to-turnover ratio, do we really want him as our starting point guard? Stats make him seem more suited to shooting guard. I agree with that. Like I think that he's, I mean, like Sky Clark, his turnovers were too high last year. You can say that that style of play and you know, not having a, I mean, look, Rick Stansberry was always going to get you talent. He never had an offense that was going to I mean, function at a very high level. You hate Stansberry so much. I don't hate him. I just don't think he's a good coach. <laughs> I just think he's a bad coach and an evil human being. I think he's, I think he's a good recruiter. Because he cheats. I'm using recruiting loosely. <laughs> I think he's good at getting players. He's, I think he's bad. This isn't me thinking. He's bad at producing results with those players. He couldn't get to the NCAA tournament at Mississippi State. He couldn't get to the tournament at Western Kentucky. When they didn't he, make the tournament. I think they made one. I was gonna say, yeah. He never, like, he he was never, he never did anything with with any of the talent that he got. He would get you players. I think like they got upset by one of them. Yeah. He'd win the offseason every year. He he just never did anything. Like he's he, he's not gonna win games, and that's kind of the name of the game here. Like, <laughs> Is that what we're here for? That's kind of what we're here for. Yeah, getting to Sweet 16s, winning games in the tournament. He just he he got to the tournament at Mississippi State a few times. He went multiple times. I said he, a few times. He never went to the Sweet 16, though. No, no. I was going to say he went to the second round three out of four years, but I don't know if that was the, the – okay, that was legit second round, okay. Because I forget when they do, again, when you're looking second at – Second round, round yeah, of 32. Yeah, know, it's I, annoying. It's so confusing, So, but it looks like, yes. that was. Yeah, he went to the second round three out of four years. As a three seed, a five seed, a two seed, and a nine seed, <laughs> and he never went to the Sweet Sixteen. Exactly. I mean, the fact that there was a two, five, and three, and didn't actually the five lost in the first round. Sounds about right. That was Butler, yeah. Texas. I'm at the airport in Miami between flights, and the flight attendants and passengers are all saying the same thing. Mick Cronin sucks. <laughs> Did you catch any of the, the press conference? No, I didn't watch it. I mean, you said he seemed pretty angry. He's furious. About officials, yeah. So the thing is, I saw the clips after I read the transcript. I was reading the transcript. I was uh, looking for some quotes for the stuff I was writing. And reading the transcript was was funnier than even watching it live because it's just like like he's interrupting. They're like, yeah, this question is for Jaime. Like on the last play with Strother, and it's like Cronin barges in. He's like, he wasn't guarding Strother. He wasn't guarding Strother. He wasn't guarding Strother. Like he's just like, it's Mick just being, he's like every question in the first like, 10 minutes of the presser, he's answering with one, like, five-word sentence. And then at the end, he just keeps bringing up, like, we got a bad whistle, we didn't make shots. But he started the presser. They always do the whole thing Why the moderator talks, and he's like, we're joined by UCLA head coach Mick Cronin. Uh, coach, if you want to give an opening statement, then we'll open things up to questions. And he goes, 
My opening statement is it took 33 minutes to get me in here, which is ridiculous. <laughs> that was that was all he said. That I was mean, it. that <laughs> he was furious. I'd be. I guess he has reason to be pissed. I mean, I, it's the it's the elite. It's the Sweet Sixteen, though. Gonzaga's going to take a lot. They won. They're going to take a long time. Like they have questions. Like this is the way it works. Like sorry. I, mean, I thought if anybody was going to have a reason to gripe it had been Tang after there was some there were some calls that Michigan State were getting that were a little questionable that I'll get out. I thought K State got an unfriendly whistle. I mean, there yeah. was some where K State guy I think performed defense by textbook standards, and they called him for a foul on one of them. Actually, I watched Gonzaga UCLA like I. Maybe I was just missing it. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. But I did not get the sense in the second half that UCLA got like a terrible I, whistle. There wasn't any that just stuck out to me really. I, I, they just went eleven minutes where they couldn't make a shot. Yeah, like that was it was more about them than it was anything else. It wasn't Gonzaga played better defense, but well, Mick wants those guys to come back next year. So he's not going to not gonna blame them. They're not going to. Unfortunately, I think that they're I think they're they're all done. Texas Trevor, you need to tweet out your playlist after each show. I know a lot of podcasts do that, and a lot of shows do that. You could, yeah, you could I don't do know. That. I feel like it, there, there are some other shows that already do that. I feel like it's being just derogate. derogate no. Well, it is like two minutes of extra work for you. so <laughs> Off the table. I mean, you could always just listen to the show and write it down. But like, sometimes we don't announce the show, though. The song, though. And people will forget, too. We don't know what song <laughs> it is. They just don't recognize it. Like, yeah, sometimes there'll be a song on, and like you know, we won't say that... The, artist or the title and we'll just kind of go on maybe somebody's listening they're like i like that i'd like to know what that is and it's lost forever well that was christopher cross moon the theme from arthur you tweet that out you know well, you ever look at chris cross looks just like baron corbin from wwe it's amazing <laughs> okay that's all. I, thought, <laughs> I thought that often i always wonder what happened to him too he's like he was huge in the eight like 1980 81 he's, he's a you know what it was is because he's just not very attractive and mtv came about and they were like this guy is who's singing this like Let's go get Duran Duran. Texas, as a UFL fan, I feel snobby, and I don't want, I don't like the new blood teams winning titles. Well, I'd rather it be them than like Kentucky. teams that were kind of competing. Well, Kentucky, obviously, but you know, I'd rather it be somebody new than like UConn, who you know they win five titles. All of a sudden, their claim is like we're a better program than Louisville. I don't care if they were good in the '80s. Look at what we've won five championships since '99. It's crazy because UConn's only like in, in, in the way you're describing these only. Been- Twenty years old. I know, and they've. I mean, they were good in the nineties. Don't get me wrong. They've won more titles than anybody in college basketball since nineteen ninety nine. I mean, yeah, I believe it. And they would add to that. Like, I'd rather it be you know, San Diego State or Houston than UConn or Michigan State or NC State or Kansas went ahead of us last year with winning their fourth title. Like, I'd I'd rather be those teams than anybody. Really, NC State's the one. The one I really don't want to root for because I just don't want people. Them to think they're in our echelon because they I feel comfortable right now with, with <laughs> NC State not winning a national title in the foreseeable. Oh, you're probably tr- you're and you're right, but I'm just saying I don't, that's yeah, that's the one I don't want. Texas, are y'all going to Bach Fest this weekend? I will not be there. I've been to Bach Fest before. Enjoy it. Like Bach is in like the musician. The, are the, you the, thinking the, of Beck? No, ba- no, not Beck. Bach like is in the Sebastian. Bach. Oh, Johann Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Look at me. I'm cultured. You're bringing up. This is B O C K though. This is not B A C H. A little interesting tidbit. You want a fact? Can we drop one for you? Yes. Beck is married to the redheaded girl that Matt McConaughey hits on in, in Days to Confused. Really? That's his wife. I didn't know that. Her brother is a brother's a. Uh, That's a good fact. Her brother is the guy who who loses it and tries to go after. Uh, I like that red. Uh, yeah. Her brother's also an actor. He's in like My Name Is Earl, and uh, I think he was the dude in Alpha Dog. He's the one like the the guy that goes and tries to attack him that knows karate. Okay. The brother of the guy. The first fact was better. Yeah. But you're right. Should just stop there. It's okay. 
It was a good one. <laughs> You've been dropping good facts this week. But Bachfest is uh, the only thing that I, I know about it is it's in Nulu and they do the goat races. So it is nothing to do with the musician. No, he does not. How's it's it not. A, it's not a celebration of classical music. Well, I don't know. It's in Nulu. Those pretentious people, anyway. What? <laughs> Nulu, I'm, I don't know. You, you never been. You don't even know what Nulu is. You ask all the time about where Nulu is and what's there. You don't even know what you're talking. I don't about. know. Yeah, Nulu's the like. But yeah, somehow you know that people that go there are pretentious. Well, don't they have like a wild eggs there? There are wild eggs all over the city. I hate wild eggs, this place is disgusting. Good lord, worst omelet I've ever eaten. Texas says, when I was about ten, I cried after a U of L loss. My parents got annoyed and told me to stop. I ran in my room and crawled under my bed as if this would validate the extreme high degree of emotional pain that I was experiencing. This would show them and make them feel horribly guilty. After a few minutes, I calmed down, realized they were oblivious to my pain, and I felt ridiculous. I don't think I ever cried again after a loss. First of all, your parents should have CBC called them. That's, that's not cool. Don't, don't let them shame you. You can cry when you're 10. You can cry when you're 10. <laughs> Unless you're Drew Timmy. I don't think his dad could have... I used to have a, I'm sure I had something to say. Like, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> Did that ever say that to you? Um, I never heard that. I never go out. I'd be, I'd be positive. I kind of think that I did hear it at some point. I, my mom or uncle or nobody ever said it to me. I feel like I've heard it in my life where it was like, you know, give you something real to cry about. Or I, I did get that. I do. I know for a fact I got the, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out line from my mom once or twice. I don't think I ever got that. I got that one. I was never, I, I never was on the receiving end of a death threat from a parent. Well, which is coming at you with a spatula. Well, <laughs> that never happened either. Texas Mike doesn't have time to watch Shallow How, but he's watched ten thousand hours of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. This is true. This yeah, is, you, you you can watch you can watch the, the Formula One documentary. Well, I've not seen the new season. You watch you're watching Veep. because my wife wants to watch it. I mean, she, how do you know Mary doesn't want to watch Shallow How? Because she doesn't want to watch Shallow How. Have you asked her? I will ask her tonight. I'll let you, I'll, her. I'll report back. I want to we don't watch many shallow. We don't watch Shallow How much in our house. I mean, she likes love and basketball, so clearly her standards are low. Yeah, but again, the, the movies that we watched, we watched like then when they were coming out, like the 90s and 2000s. There's like nostalgic there. I'm not going to go back and watch a like C minus movie from 2001 or First of all, you now. can't grade it if you've never seen it. I mean, it's, I, I, I know uh, about uh, it. It's uh, shallow. Uh, uh, I know the plot. I know the ratings. I know what it got. It's shallow how. I mean, the, yeah. I'm Did not, you like Dumb and Dumber? I'm not crazy about Dumb and Dumber. It's a, it's a thing about me. I know. I don't understand how can you like something like Magruder's and Hot Rods. Magruder's great. Hot Rods great. That are just. I'm, I like Dumb and Dumber. I'm not. I just. I'm not as crazy about it as I think everybody else is. I mean, it's in the Dumb and Dumber family. Texas, you're right on this one, Mike. I also think that UVA winning the title the next year makes that fact stickier about UMBC. I mean, I kind of stuttered when you asked me who it was. I was expecting you to not know. First of all, bite sorry. me. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> if, 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 it had, if the upset had happened in 1991, I would have felt very confident that you would know it. But I mean, more yeah. recently, I was just going to struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did say the wrong state for him, though. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I did remember. I did forget that their coach was until recently. Text that I would rather have Joe Girard or DJ Horn over McKnight. Is Girard in the portal? Also, let's not forget, remember, that wasn't even a close game. They blew them out when it was all said. One by 20. Yeah. Uh, Gerard tells me he'll declare for the NBA draft while maintaining his college eligibility. He'll also enter the trench pool. I agree with the texter. I would love to have Joe Gerard. He, the only question is, I mean, he's played the zone defense. He's small. He's not the quickest guard in the world. Can he defend in a man-to-man defense, which is what Kenny Payne wants to play? Well, Kenny Payne has shown that he will trans- 
won't move Chase defenses if needed, though. Very rarely. I mean, we played zone out of necessity for like five percent of our possessions this year. I mean, we just went with man to man because it, it was the lesser of two evils. I mean, we got lost in either one. We we did, but I mean, he wants to be a he wants to be man to man coach. No, he, he said that. I mean, that's that's how he came up under Calipari. Like he wants to play tough on ball man to man defense. I don't know if Gerard can play that style. DJ Horn from Arizona State. I mean, he's probably more of a natural point guard than McKnight. He's definitely more of a natural point guard than Gerard. I'd like to have him. I, I mean, he can he can play. He's a decent enough score. Hit some big shots down the stretch this season. Um, I mean, we're, are we really just to be picky in there? Yeah. I mean, we, we need to be, and we need some of these guys. Like we've reeled off like 15 names today. We need to get a couple of them for sure. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm be picky and like, oh, I don't, we don't need to go after him type picky. Like there's, I think we should be putting our, our name in a lot, every hat out there. Yeah, I mean, at least reaching out. And who's to say that we have? I know that we. It's true. We like, don't know. Kenny Payne moves in silence. That's a thing, which is. <laughs> We heard it last summer. I feel like he wears a cape on recruiting trips. Texas, how ironic was it that that was Mick's first line? It sounds like 33 minutes wasn't long enough for baby Cronin to cool down for postgame. That is kind of funny. That's a good yeah. point. You'd think after th- waiting for 33 minutes, he'd be less annoyed, uh, but he was he was clearly not. Texas, Timmy walked repeatedly and never got called. I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't the, see that. The, maybe he's not a fan of the, the Eurostep. Yeah, I mean, they, he, he, he's a... He's a renaissance man of the post. What is Kim Mulkey wearing? Texas says, Shallow Howe is absolute trash and super fatphobic and problematic. The people who were in the movie have come out and said that they regret doing it. It's bad. I have seen that. Like Jack Black said it's his biggest regret. Really? Because it's his best movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's everything. It's, it's that. It's School of Rock and then a bunch of crap. Yeah, he disagrees. Paul, that problem. What you, oh, don't give me that. Texas you know what helps That's guards true. on the perimeter who have trouble defending man-to-man? A seven-one generational shot-blocking talent with seven-seven wingspan, for sure. I mean, this—it's why Dennis Evans was a big ad, regardless of what he's able to do offensively. I think he'll get better as time goes on. But having a rim, we did, we we had a lot of big men last year. We had nobody who could defend the rim, who could protect the rim, and it's why. No perimeter. I mean, well, we had no defense, but like Mid-range. we had no safety net, and I think that's <laughs> why. Look, if Kenny Payne, one of the things that I've I've struggled with through the first season is we don't defend anything consistently. What I mean is, like, if when we have high ball screen, which 90% of college basketball teams run at some point during games these days, we never defended it the same way. I, I never got a sense of what he was instructing his team to do. Like, do you want to fight over the screen? Are we going to switch everything? Are we going to hard hedge? Are we going to ice? Are we going to drop back? When you've got a seven foot one dude who's supposed to be a great shot blocker, like, you can drop off guys. You, you can force them to take floaters in the, in, in the paint. Like, you can do different things. And you can also gamble a little bit more and, and risk getting beat. But last year, like we had nobody who could stay in front of anybody. We had nobody. We didn't know how we were going to defend the, the, the ball screen. And then when guys got past us, there was nobody there to contest shots at the rim. It was just, I mean, it's how you end up being like 320th in the country in defense out of 363 teams. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted. Again, I got distracted by Mulkey's jacket. It's okay. You know, are they playing right now? Yeah, she's wearing something that looks like a, I think she stole it from a Mardi Gras parade maybe she yeah she's she's, she's like, yeah, you'll you'll see it i'm sure soon enough Texas says trevor do you know what happened to christopher cross don't you somebody took those broken wings and he learned to fly away <laughs> that was a different band <laughs> christopher cross was sailing that was that's mr mister <laughs> broken wings 
Texas was podcast Trevor Sneak Dissing Radio uh, Danny on Twitter last night. He did he tweet about Mick Cronin. He loves Mick Cronin. Um, oh, think, he was just me because I'm not a Mick Cronin guy, I guess. No, he wasn't talking about you. I don't. I, I don't think Danny's ever listened to the radio show. I don't think. I don't think he knows anything about well, us. Now I feel mad because I've listened to at least one podcast. I didn't think you ever listened to the podcast. I listen. Well, I, again, I'm not going to play fast and loose with the word plural, but I mean, I've listened to one. I have listened to one. Well, there you go. He was very upset that people last year thought that like Louisville was too good for Mick Cronin because he's a big Cronin guy. And so he he did tweet that he was taking a victory lap at halftime, which wound up blowing up his face a little bit. Oh, that, was, that is where we're opposite. I'm not a Cronin guy. He is. He was very excited. Uh, is he like Cronin because he's Ohio ties? I guess. I think he just thinks he's a good coach. Okay. Um, Sexter says Sexter sends in a clip of Timmy in the post from yesterday. Did he travel. Oh, he walked. Yeah, this this this. He, walk, <laughs> he walks like seven times in this clip for sure. That's a blatant walk. I mean, I probably yeah. If they were talking about an individual play, I missed it. Oh my god, yeah, that that was that was terrible. I know he, I know he, he was pulling out the the Frank Kaminsky spin move thing all all night. But I mean, yeah, what I saw like late in the game, like he was, it was everything was legal. But that clip that the texter sent in was my god. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you missed that. Uh, that's that's very bad. Um, let's see. Texter says, quit saying generational. He was recruited by Minnesota in a four-win team. Something don't add up. I mean, he also was recruited by Kansas. He also was recruited by Who Georgia. Who are you talking about? Dennis Evans. He also oh. was recruited by Texas. He also was recruited by Florida State. Like, he had scholarship offers from all these teams. So, like, wasn't – it's not like Louisville and Minnesota were the only schools that came calling for him. And he's – like, he's – I think he's very much a work in progress on the offensive end. I don't know how much he's going to, to help us next year on that side of things. But defensively, like – it's not me saying he's a generational rim protector. Like this is the way he's being described by people who do this for a living, who follow recruiting. So I'm just echoing them. Texas says, "Shoot the messenger." Right. Yeah. An observation: Has this staff recruited any freshman or portal that we would describe as the scrappy, nose down, hardworking type, aka all three of us? If you know what I mean. Um, it's hard to say, just because I mean, like we don't know. Glenn could be that for the male kid could, could end up having that kind of role. We don't everything know. that I heard about him from, from mail and everything that I saw in the highlights from La Lumiere says Caleb Glenn will be that type of player. I mean, I can see it. But you just, you never know. Like, yeah, that, you that's know. the thing. Yeah. You, you never know how somebody's going to react to. That's the question we need to be asked to halfway through the year at the end of the season. Who we or when or we start hearing stuff out of practice. And, yeah. And, like, I think it's, there's so many intangibles that we just don't take into consideration. Like, Maybe there's a kid who's been scrappy and, and tough his whole life, and then he gets to college, and just like the whole experience of being away from home and this whole new, it kind of throws him a little bit. And maybe he's just not subconsciously there, and he's not given the type of effort because of that. Like you just, you don't. There are kids that seem to check every single box, and then they get here, and for a few months at the beginning of the freshman season, they just don't look that way. Uh, maybe they don't click with the coach. Maybe they don't click with the players. You just, you, you don't know for sure. Glenn seems to be that type of player. Um, I will say. Karan Davis, who we still don't know a whole lot about, his cousin is John L. Davis from Florida Atlantic, who, who's been playing. From Gary, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, he's been playing incredible in the NCAA tournament so far. If Corin or Karan plays as scrappy and as hard as John L. does, that's going to be a great thing for us. I mean, I don't need to. I mean, I'm not, it depends on. I don't know if you mix the two up, but I mean, I think Mike James has some bulldog in him. I mean, I don't know if you would consider that yeah, scrappy. For sure. I mean, I think, you know, I think trainers got some scrap in them. I mean, maybe not the level we're looking for at the moment, but. Especially, I mean, and I don't know, maybe, again, if you consider Scrappy, you know, referencing him as a bulldog, two different things, and they can be, but 
I think Mike James has that 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 kind of killer instinct, killer be killed kind of instinct a little bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's probably fair. I think most people I think, assume when you think scrappy, they always think like six foot guards too. Though I guess they just you, when you think scrappy, it's almost like when you say he's sneaky athletic. You're thinking short and opposed to in white. Takes this classic J Bone and sends an A Jared Stillman tweet from ten o'clock yesterday, where he says, "This game is so over. Only Marquise Noel stands in Tennessee's way of the Final Four. <laughs> That's a tough look. Jared does that a lot too, where he's like, he's a big Tennessee kid, though. Okay, and he well, he does radio in Tennessee. Does he? okay, three because I know he Marie, uh, I never got to meet him or work with him, but I mean, yeah, I know of him. Yeah, I, I like Jared. I mean, Jared's fine. He he is yeah. what he is. Like he's like he knows what he's doing, but like he'll do that. Th- I think after like Alabama scored against Tennessee in football this year, he's like. Bama's going to be able to name the score. And then, of course, Tennessee wins. But he does this all the time. Where it just... Fairness, that was Tennessee's first win. In like... But, but he'll, he'll do like this thing where like, yeah. this game's over, not even close, and then it'll just blow up in his face. But that's, it gets attention. Yeah. Texas says, do I need to say this differently? Uh, oh. <laughs> Sean McNeil, Ryan McMahon, Drew Timmy, Joe Girard types. So you're asking if we're recruiting white guys. <laughs> I don't think Timmy's scrappy. Do you? I mean, I, he doesn't. He doesn't fit that that bill. Yeah, he he's just he's just white. He's just white. He look now. He looks kind of like he looks dirty, but I mean, I wouldn't say scrappy. Yeah, yeah. And also, again, I also feel like when I say scrappy, I think I think I feel you're describing almost like a shorter play, like a, a six, like Noel almost, or like just like a brawny, like Dwayne Sutton type, six four, six five, kind of tweener. BJ just, Flynn. Yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> BJ Flynn was just just a flopper. Just. But then doesn't flopping go with Scrappy? A little bit. He's yeah, like, hey, they yeah. kind of go hand in hand a little bit. There's another coach out there on the floor. <laughs> Real gym rat. <laughs> oh, man. Right, let's take our last break. That's so good. Uh, before we do, we want to remind you guys about our friends over at AirServe. If you're having heating or air conditioning problems this spring or summer, hey, it could be heat. You never know around here. Call them at 502-785-8600. Uh, they're offering tune-ups today for just $49 if you call them. They're also for a limited time, giving you up to 60 months, no interest financing on a qualifying rude system. AirServe, 502-785-8600. Also visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville, 502-785-8600. Take a break. We'll come back. We'll make some predictions for tonight's games, both with the UofL women taking on Old Miss and also the men's Sweet 16 games. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. And the week. I don't know why this song literally just popped in my head and started to break. You know this is, by the way? No. For those that want the, 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 the song list, this is a great combination. The 80s 
duet du- duet of Peter Cetera and Amy Grant. This is a big. This is the number one hit. You remember this song? I don't. I don't. This song was actually written by uh, Bobby Caldwell, who just recently <laughs> passed away. Incredible. <laughs> what a week. Which one is? Let's see if you can guess which one's Peter Cetera and which one's Amy Grant. <laughs> In the- is that Amy Grant or Peter? Both of them. Well, that's, <laughs> that's Wait, Peter. Are you sure? It's a dominant voice, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome in final segment here of the uh, Friday edition of the uh, Mike Rutherford Show. Friday, hey. Final segment of the week here as we look ahead to Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend. Hopefully, we're celebrating a Cards Final Four on Monday when we come in for the show. And hopefully, we have a, a good weekend of games at the KFCM Center. We're taking, uh, only three texts left here on the text line today, so I want to clean this up, and then we'll look ahead to the, this weekend's games. Text says recently that UFL has been recently UFL has been best when they have a three point specialist, a real bring his lunch pail to work kind of guy, like Brian Kaiser, Joe Girard. <laughs> Texas says in 2006, Jack Black said of Shallow How that quote, "I had an opportunity to work with some dudes that I thought were really funny, but it didn't turn out as I'd hoped. I wasn't proud of it, and I got paid a lot of money. So in retrospect, it feels like a sellout." Sounds like he's describing his band. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm assuming this tech, that text just hates Shallow Hal sending all these in. There, no, it's multiple people. Okay. It's a good movie. Get over it, people. Not only is Shallow Hal surprisingly unfunny in general, it also relies largely on fat jokes that come off as cruel and off-putting. It's not a shock then that Paltrow says she also regrets making it. Okay, first of all, that can't be the top of Paltrow's regrets. Well, she's, in, she's on trial right now. Uh, yeah, I think she's had many regrets. The second... I'm sorry... Oh, we can't make fun of fat people. What are you talking about? This whole premise of hangover. It's funny because he's fat. <laughs> it was one joke. Wasn't the whole premise of the movie. I mean, the the movie is it, it's all about making fun of fat people. There are fat jokes in there. I didn't I didn't I didn't try to like disguise it as some like intelligent comedy. I said it is a a sophomoric humor comedy. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's a good one. And I'm sorry, maybe I'm maybe people need to laugh more than me. Texas says. Do you believe Dan Dockage's recent allegations that Bob Huggins is cheating at West Virginia? I mean, I think he probably has. I think here's the thing: like the, the more that I talk to people in college basketball, the more that I think like everybody has pretty much cheated to some extent in college basketball. Like your favorite coach has cheated to some extent in college basketball, whether they even know it or not. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think most times they do know it. The only people that I always hear it's not it's not a foul if the whistle isn't blown. There are only three coaches, like major conference guys. I feel like everybody, major conference has probably cheated. The only three coaches that I always hear about is, is like they run a clean program. Bray, Bennett, and Beeline back in the day, the three Bs. The three Bs of purity. They, yeah, but even Beeline had some questionable stuff in the late 80s. What do you mean? With like Pearl Washington and company. I mean, there was some shadiness possibly with that. Derek Coleman. I don't know. I don't remember any of that. I think everybody always said, like, Beeline's the one guy, he and, and Tony Bennett. Bennett, Bray, I agree. I've never heard Bennett's name linked with anything. Yeah, Bray got a little bit. But Beeline was always, they thought, like, he, he does things by the book. He, he runs an above-board program, which I kind of, I, I believe. Um, yeah, he might. Some of the boosters not. May not agree. Everybody else, I think, has run. It's I think there's shady stuff with all them. Has Huggins cheated at some point? Yeah, probably. I mean, did Dockers cheat when he was at Ball State, winning eight games a year? Probably. I mean, I don't know if Huggins cheated, but. He did have Michael Beasley, and that alone makes me question something. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I mean, Billy, when you got Billy Walker and Michael Beasley coming in there, there's 
You may the head coach might not be cheating, but somebody ain't by, going by the record. Texas, does Trevor know the definition of the word premise? Premise is uh, like promise is a past tense to promise. No, when you you just used the word premise. Premise, it's like the the the, the basic storyline, I guess. Right, and you yeah. you said the basic storyline of the Hangover was fat. Well, I mean, he was the center point of all the comedy, was he not? Texas says Trevor's allowed to enjoy fat jokes for obvious reasons. <laughs> but I enjoy fat jokes. Texas, if TK worked with the women that these music set lists, he'd be the Don Juan DeMarco of Louisville. TK, <laughs> blast these bangers as you go through all the fast food drive through lines. You'll need Mike as your secretary to manage all the dates. I agree. I mean, this is your soundtrack. There, there's no. I'm not gonna lie. To you. Don't act like I. I blare these songs in my car when I'm driving, and I'm that guy that I don't care. Like I'm too. what you think of me. I've always like, been like the thing is like I'll go. My playlist will go from like because I just like put all my songs in like a Spotify playlist and like I'm, just put on shuffle. I have the same. I have a, a playlist that has like 600 songs on it. and I'll just do the same. Now hit shuffle randomly. And like, it'll just be like it'll go from like rap to like mm-hmm. Michael Bolton said I love you but I lied. No shame. No shame. All, all at the same volume. It's great. Yeah. I go like the Beach Boys, the Tupac. All right. Let's talk real quickly. Uh, Ole Miss, uh, Louisville tonight. A couple quick thoughts. Like Ole Miss coming off of a, uh, an upset of Stanford. They obviously are, are hot. They're an eight seed. Louisville's a three-point favorite in this game. From what I gather, like Ole Miss, they're going to be the most physical team that we've played in the NCAA tournament so far. They want to muck up the game a little bit. That, that, I mean, I don't have to know them to think that. Yeah. Yeah, they also rely heavily on offensive rebounds, second chance points. They average 14.8 offensive rebounds per game. That's 19th best in the country. They also average two more takeaways uh, than they do at turnovers every single game. They want to win the assist turnover battle. We have struggled sometimes inside with, with preventing second chance opportunities, and we've also really struggled with turnovers this season. That's why I think a lot of people think it's, it's an attractive matchup for a potential upset. This is going to shock you, Trev. We need to make shots. If we're if this is an Ole Miss team, that, if this is an Ole Miss team that's going to be better than us inside and going to be physical defensively, and they're going to force us into some some turnovers, we need Haley Van Lith to be electric. She's got to knock down open jumpers. Woogie, woogie, woogie. We need somebody else too to step up. We, we need like a Crystal Carr to go off from the outside off the bench. We, we need somebody to come in. We're I think we're going to get open looks from the outside, but we can't rely on. Olivia Cochran having a big game inside like she did against Texas. I don't think that's going to be our game plan. We need our perimeter players to really step up. And that's, look, Mikasa's she's been great at the point guard since we moved her there. She's not a threat to shoot the ball from the outside. We're going to need HVL, Carr, Jones, like some other players to really step up and just take advantage of the fact that we should be able to get open looks from deep. If we don't shoot it well from the outside tonight, I don't think we have a chance to win. I think we also need to dictate pace a lot. They're going to want to slow things down. We want to get out and score and transition a little bit, which means we may have to force some turnovers with our defense. Um, 10 o'clock, it's a late tip. It's late for both teams, though. Like, we're both more East Coast-oriented. Prediction. We'll do the men's games in just a second. Do the women's first? We'll do the women's games first. Um, I mean, I, I can't, like, deny or break down anything because, I, I mean, I've watched Louisville play partially this year, and that's the limit of it. How do you – just vibes. How do the you vibes feel? I got – Actually, good. Good to the point where maybe it should be not be so good, where I'm like looking at this other game going, all right, we're in Elite Eight. We're, I've already I'm like, feeling good, too. I've already like thought we're in Elite Eight already, and that shouldn't be maybe, because the way you described Ole Miss, you sound like a poor man's version, or I guess a, this fairness would say a poor woman's version of South Carolina. Uh, just you know, 
grind you out, offensive rebounds, get under your skin. I would hope to think that Louisville playing an eight seed, despite the fact they did knock off Stanford, but we've established Stanford gets knocked off a lot, uh, is that you wouldn't need like that much help. I would like to think that we can get the 20 points out of Haley and maybe one other person step up, but not hopefully need it. Uh, but if we do hope we get it, all that said, and again, take with my knowledge, this is, I'm really blind in the dark poking this final year, but you know, I did bet Louisville cause I'm an idiot. I'll say the cards do win. I'm going to say lady card. Sorry. The Cardinals by, um, I'm going to say Louisville by seven. I like it. I'm going Louisville 70, Ole Miss 61. I think we get it done. So tonight. you're right there about to. You're at nine. I'm like you. I feel uh, I, I feel confident. Like I, I Maybe I shouldn't feel as confident as I do, but I feel like the bracket's opened up for us. I think we take advantage. I think we play Iowa in the regional finals on, on Sunday. Possibly. I, I, again, Iowa's been docked off before. Yeah, I, I think that one's going to be tougher for us. I think, I think that that may be where this run ends. But, man, after the season we've had, First of all, I mean, we overachieved by our seed just to be here in the Sweet 16. But if you make a regional final, if you go back to the Elite Eight, there's no way you can say that that's anything other than an overwhelming success. And then, you know, anything can happen in a regional final. So we'll see. But I like, I feel good about us tonight. I don't know. Maybe it's because they have the eight next to their name. I'm just looking past it a little bit, but it helps for sure. It doesn't. There's a mental thing there. All right. Tonight, men's games. First one to tip off in Louisville tonight at the KFC Home Center, 6 30 on TBS. San Diego State, the five seed against Alabama, the one. Tide still a little bit banged up. Brandon Miller was not 100% this week. He held out of practice a couple of days. They're still a seven-point favorite in this game. TK, what do you like here? This game, just I have no idea what to do with this game. Because Alabama, I, on one hand, like with Tennessee, I feel like I feel like Alabama's going to win this game and cover the seven. And I want to say Alabama by like 17 here. I think that's what it should be. But then again, who am I to say Alabama's going to come in and just kind of poop the bed and – San Diego State just kind of grind them out and could happen. It could. Um, I'll be wrong if that happens. I think Alabama's going to lead eight though. I must say Alabama's still by fourteen. I think they cover. I'm I'm kind of there with you. I think I, SD- think, this, I think we get more of what we should have seen from Tennessee last night. In, I think in their SDSU game. is here because they got a, a solid draw. They played a Charleston team that was good, but also a good matchup for them. Then they played Furman that was just happy to be there in the second round. I think Bama, as long as they're healthy, should get up early. That'll force San Diego State to speed up a little bit. That's not the game that they want to play. San Diego State only has one really offensive threat. Like, Matt Bradley's their only— That's all they ever have, usually. He's their only double-figure scorer. Um, I, I think Bama's going to win. I think they're going to pull away and just stay pulled away. I, I'm going to say they win by, like, 14. Just say it with me. Yeah. Uh, Miami-Houston, 7-15 from Kansas City on CBS. This one a little bit more attractive to me, even though the spread's actually bigger here. Houston is a 7.5-point favorite. Sasser and Sheed still both a little bit banged up. Miami's coming off of a, a super impressive performance against Houston. What do you like here? I don't get that spread. I like Miami getting seven and a half points. It's, it's, there. Yeah. yeah, it's big. Uh, I did bet for the record. I don't have to go over the cross bridge today because these spreads, thankfully, but tournament are out earlier. I did take Miami. I took Alabama giving that seven. I took Miami getting the seven as well. I think it was only seven yesterday, not in a half. Are you taking but, them straight up though? Um, I don't think I want to take them straight up. I think take Miami in the points. I think Miami is there. I think and this is. I'm not saying Houston in the final four, but I'm going to say Houston wins the game by three. I think I think uh, Wong misses a shot the buzzer. I think I'm I'm going to say the same thing. I think Miami covers but loses. I think this is more of a game where Houston's kind of ahead by, I don't know, 11, 12, 10, 9, like in that range the entire game. Miami gets a late cover, but it's never – like they're they're always just within arm's length. They're never really 
Then Houston come back, back again because they were down to, to Auburn early in that game. Yeah, and they ended up winning by 17. I know, yeah, I they, know, and they're blowing them out in the second half. I think Sasser's that good if he's healthy. If my, if Houston were healthy, I think that they would win this game. I'd put them to cover. I just don't think that they're healthy. Sasser and Sheet are both, I think, significantly dinged up, but they'll oh, do they enough are. They'll do enough to win this game. Uh, I'm going to say they win by seven. So the, Miami covers by half a point. Princeton Creighton, 9 o'clock, the 15 versus the 6. This is kind of the... The ugly duckling of the Sweet 16 round, the highest combined seed by far. Creighton is a nine and a half point favorite. Who you got? I got a reason why we can't sell tickets to the Yum Center this term for this tournament. Mm-hmm. That's why I got. Um, I've not been on Creighton all year. I've never been a big McDermott fan anyway. Uh, Princeton, I guess would be they're looking to become maybe the second team ever to go to the Final Four since 1979, joining Penn. I'm sure some went there before then. Well, Princeton's been in the Final Four, too. They went yeah, there with so I, I, I always go back to 79 when the seeding started. That's where my mind stops and ends. Um, yeah, because Princeton went there with, with Bradley, right? Mm-hmm. On the team. Um, Princeton, I, I think this is, this is a little we got bad games tonight. It's Creighton by 15. I love toasting a Wombo. Maybe by 20. I, I like this Princeton team. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Creighton wins and covers. Creighton, yeah. Creighton what was the line? Covers. It's 10, isn't Nine it? Nine and a half, yeah. That's yeah. What I got. Uh, last game, Xavier, Texas, 945 CBS. The three versus the two. Texas is a four-point favorite. I'll go real quickly. I think Texas wins, covers. Uh, I think that Xavier should have got knocked out in the first round. They played a pit team that was out of gas. Texas has the guards. Texas got has the studs. Texas wins by eight. I had pit beating the Xavier as well. Uh, I think yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I don't watch a lot of Xavier this year. I, so hand up. But Texas, I'm not huge on Terry, but he's good enough, and they've got more talent as much as anybody next Alabama probably on 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 paper. So yeah, I think Texas wins, and they probably cover the four. Dude, is our best game tonight Houston? Maybe in Miami. I think that's the one that I'm most. I think that'll about. be the only one that's in like kind of down to the wire. Last four or five guards scoring should be fun. Yeah. I agree. All right, we, we got to get out of here. Go Cards, beat Ole Miss. Here's hoping we're celebrating a Final Four on Monday. Oh, we will. Enjoy the hoops this weekend. We'll see you guys Monday at 3 o'clock. Next time we fall in love.